We are Science Fiction Remnant, Season 2, a podcast for sci-fi lovers spanning across books, movies, TV shows, and games. Music provided by the Atlas. This show is a proud member of the Let's Chat Club. Learn more about how we're helping podcasts to build conversation, connection, and community at letschatpodcast.net. Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope. You know what's cool? Podcasts. You know what's not cool? No podcasts. Check out all the podcasts over here at blindknowledge.com. This podcast you're listening to right now is a featured Blind Knowledge Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Science Fiction Remnant, Season 2. Thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you find this episode as exciting to listen to as it was for us to create for you. But before we start this episode, I want to take this opportunity to present to you some podcasts we think you might enjoy. You know what pairs great with the podcast you're listening to right now? Another podcast. Hi, I'm Jesse from Open Pike Night, the Star Trek Strange New Worlds podcast where your personal logs are the prime directive. Hey, Open Pike Night. Hi, it's Peter again. Hi, Open Pike Night. This is Mariah calling from Seattle. You guide our discussion episode by episode during the season. And after that... This is Melissa Navia. This is Henry Alonzo Myers. This is Akela Cooper. This is Bruce Horak. Ask your questions directly to the people who make the show. Wow, great questions. Uh, it was Michelle and Mariah, is that right? Well, I'll tell you my experience is that... Uh, Check us out at openpike.com or use the podcast app you're listening to right now to find that subscribe button. Hey guys, if we pull this off, it's officially the Open Pike Maneuver. And hit it. You are listening to Open Pike Night. The official podcast of Sam Kirk's mustache. Which is why it feels like your brain is being squeezed through your nose. Hey, this is Sam Whitworth. Hey, this is Will Wheaton. I'm Arnold Shimmerman. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's Carol Baskin. Hi, this is Aaron McCarty. Hi, this is Mark Pellegrino. And welcome to the FSF Popcast, your home for the all nerdy, no dirty interviews with people in our sci-fi and pop culture world. You can find us on your favorite audio podcast providers, Real Wise Radio, and of course, our YouTube channel. Hello, I got a one question for you. Who shot first? Han Solo. Bro? Han Solo. Han Solo, of course. Well, my answer to that is one of them missed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I, I got to say, Greedo was a very, very bad shot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, mostly in those big bug eyes of his. <laughs> Regardless of which version you watched, yeah. Bad shot. <laughs> I mean, he's right in front of you, dude. Well, in one of the versions, in one of the versions, Jabba the Hutt ate a lot of food and grew quite well. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> so, welcome everybody to our show. Uh, we are really excited because it was brought to my attention that we are neglecting Star Wars. I mean, what can you do? We're talking about science fiction, not fantasy. Oof. Ooh. <laughs> well, 
He said it. <laughs> he said it. You can go after I drink hate mail sent to Captain Chaos. There's no such a thing as a publicity. Huh? Huh? There's no such a thing. Spoken like a true tricky. Yeah. There's no such a thing as bad publicity, man. Bring it on. So um, we we are making an attempt to fix that because um, Star Wars um, has always been one of my favorites. Um, and Robert is a good doer, so he has to. He, well, won't, he won't be able to sleep if he doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're going to fix this because uh, there's going to be a couple of episodes of uh, Star Wars coming on our feed. So um, just stay tuned. This is going to be kind of like, this is actually the second one we have done. Because the so. first one we did, it was uh, Kenobi. Well, we did Kenobi. Ooh, we, we did, did a, a couple of ones. The we Mandalorian. Did the Mandalorian. And mm -hmm. we did an episode on, on Star Wars 2 uh, on the animated series. Remember? Well, I got to I gotta remember. Oh uh, the one that the, the troopers were being trained. No, but that was, hey, we talk about that in a, in a little bit. We'll talk that about that in the Outer Remnant section. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <clears throat> so, um, I'm really excited because... In order to rectify this really horrible mistake on our part, we I have decide. to bring the oversight. He's it's almost good. convincing that he feels sorry about it. <laughs> so we have to bring uh, one of the best Star Wars podcasts that I have on my list. And uh, this is, we have right now as a, as a guest, is a role from Scarab Podcast. Hello, Ro. How you doing? Hello, everyone. May the force be with you. May the force be with you. And uh, long I, I was wondering what that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's for him. <laughs> so, um, Ro, uh, can you tell our audience, in case they have not heard of you, um, about your podcast and where they can find it? Absolutely. So, as the saying goes, um, you can find the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast wherever you download your other favorite podcasts. We're available everywhere, and uh, you know we are. Uh, we started back in uh, 2019. Uh, I am based out of Chicago, and um, back in two, uh, uh, back in 2019, we had Star Wars celebration here in the big city, and uh, it was very exciting. Um, I got to uh, to go and, and cover it for uh, for work, but also um, went to go do some interviews uh, of fans. And uh, with that material, uh, my uh, my podcast partner and I decided, you know what, we uh, let's do a Star Wars podcast. Um, we stayed Star Wars for a while, for about uh, two years, uh, a year and a half. But then we realized, you know, we are big nerds. And our our geek card um, spans across all the geekosphere. So besides Star Wars, you know, we also like um, all sorts of other movies, uh, sci-fi, fantasy. We love, uh, you know, comic books and Marvel and DC and, and everything. Um, the other star uh, franchise, Star Trek, we're, we're, we're big. Uh, we're just we, we love all the geek stuff. And uh, we, we talk about uh, what all the, the cool kids are talking about. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, if you guys have not downloaded, I recommend you uh, post us right now. Go download it. Listen to Scarif and then come back to us. We'll wait. I promise. I'll be here. Yep. Wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Chaos, we'll be waiting for you here. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be sipping on blue milk while we wait. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, um, should we, um, uh, move on to the first one? Yeah. 
Might as well. Find science fiction remnant. And on this segment, you know the drill. We ask you to send us your comment on how do you define us to someone that loves Star... Um, well, in this case, Star Wars, but sci-fi, and um, have not heard our show. Um, you can tweet at us, or you can call our hotline. is 1-305-563-6334. That's 305-563-6334. Uh, you said it twice. There you go. <laughs> this, is not like the, this is not like insurance commercials. That <laughs> yeah, I wish I could do it like that. But uh, <laughs> yes, um, tweet at us, send us an email, uh, call on the hotline. If you call the hotline, um, we're going to put you on, on the next episode. Um, if you don't want us to do that, let us know. We don't, yeah, but. yeah, we, we, yeah, we're very, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, um, what we uh, we uh, we we usually take whatever we come uh, we receive and we just read it online on on the air. Um, and let me ask, Gio, do you remember what is <clears throat> first thing that came to your mind? What is so far uh, the best uh, description that you remember that you like? The best, the one that I like the most, is the one that that says about feeling like that conversation you have. When you go into the Comic Con with your friends. We're gonna have to fix that. Yeah. I the, mean, I need to go to a Comic Con first. There's a couple way. here, so you I've never to... gone to a Comic Con, guys. <laughs> I'm a Comic Con virgin. There's a com there's a couple coming up. Coming Actually, I haven't now. gone to any kind of convention. Yeah, there's a couple there too in here. So Pixar not... didn't happen, guys. Huh? Pixar yeah. didn't happen. What didn't happen? Pixar didn't happen. Hmm. I don't I wanna see pictures. That's what that means. <laughs> oh, pictures, or Jesus. it didn't happen. I'm like, what's yes. picture? Yes. <laughs> or it didn't happen. There's a couple here. I'm trying to take him, but, you know, he's in Miami. I'm over here. So, yeah, we're going to have to Sorry, I'm speaking Australian. I'll, I'll have to fix that. <laughs> you know, co conventions are awesome, um, especially if you like, you know, whatever it is that you like. But, you know, being uh, amongst, um, you know, people that are fans of the same thing you are, it it really gets under your skin. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun to kind of, uh, co, I don't know, coexist with a, a large group of people, you know, cosplayers, uh, comic book fans. It's, it's really a lot of fun. Um, I think the last one, um, there was one in Florida just a couple of weeks ago, the St. Petersburg comic con, which, uh, is the second annual, uh, one of my friends and I went down there, uh, last year to cover it. And uh, again, it's it's just a lot of fun, just hanging out with uh, you know with uh, with you know similar minded uh, science fiction and fantasy fans, and and it's really cool. And, you should change that for sure. And, and I mean, confirm that to, all of you confirm that to me because the, I mean, the, all that I do is speculate and and think what it could be. But it feels to me that it's like like you are uh, in a place that that you're with friends, even when you know when you don't know anybody, you're with friends. That's what it feels Absolutely. like. Like it gives you a sense of yeah. belonging. When you are in a comic con, because everybody or somebody or some groups are gonna like exactly the same that you do, and even more than you do. Yeah, yeah. You guys don't know this, but I've actually helped run a uh, convention stall. Oh, nice. Uh, I've, I've been there. Um, for for uh, the company that Doc, Doc Joe and I write for, Storyweaver Games, uh, we ran a uh, a stall at CanCon a couple of years back, and we had a um, a photo booth 
with all these costumes and everything in there to get people in and they're all coming in in their cosplays and getting photos taken and also if they didn't have a cosplay they'd get dressed up and get their photos taken nice that's cool um, awesome it was green it was green screen so we could put any sort of background on it that they wanted nice including you know star star wars ish ones (laughs) (laughs) can't be actual star wars ones because it's copyrighted you know I uh, I'm going to I'm going to say what I think my favorite is and I have a feeling and and Ray correct me if I'm wrong but I I think it might be the same one as you uh top gear we are oh, yeah, we are the top one. gear for sci-fi I like the three amigos ones the three oh yes the three amigos I forgot about that one <laughs> taco taco mate <laughs> <clears throat> awesome remember I'm dusty bottoms <laughs> Okay, so um, I, I don't know if Ro, Ro has one, but we can. If not, we can move on to the next. Let us know, Rogelio. Did, did I mention <laughs> that, I'm prop, that I'm properly dressed? Oh, oh nice awesome. shirt! That is a nice shirt. <laughs> For all Very of you nice. guys who are listening to our podcast, um, hurry up and you know, in month from now, you'll go ahead and uh, go to YouTube and. Uh, watch this the video because um ray just show us this really cool shirt yeah it says come together <laughs> to the republic ding, ding, ding. <laughs> and, and he's wearing no pants he's wearing no pants wasn't the t-shirt join the empire we have cookies <laughs> yes <laughs> chocolate chip i i heard it's chocolate chip the empire is giving yeah but because this empire is dark chocolate no sugar uh, it's okay. like it looks uh, good, okay. but when you try it, it's like sour. Like it doesn't taste like anything. <laughs> awesome. Responsibly sourced from Scarif. There you go. Yes. <laughs> With macadamia nuts. There you go. From Scarif. <laughs> Do they have those there? <laughs> Probably, right? Like, Probably. <laughs> I think a Star Destroyer fell on the plantation and that was it. Oh, okay. So maybe that's maybe it's all gone. Maybe, you know, I don't know. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Ro, if you don't have anything, we can move on to the next uh, segment. Uh, define? Let's... Yeah, I mean, I I, I think, um, I don't know if, I might have actually called the hotline one time, but it is really just like, uh, you know, hanging out with friends and, and talking, you know, talking movies, talking sci-fi stuff. It's It's cool, yeah. It, it's that's really the best, co- that's the best kind of hangout oh yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know Rio you probably uh, you probably remember this um I, I am really glad that we have kept even on season two the same idea and mm-hmm. remember when I told you when we started the podcast in season one that my idea was you know those conversations that we had yeah. you and me sitting down on the couch watching movies making a two hours movie five six hours yeah pretty much <laughs> awesome value adding there you go. <laughs> yeah, well, it's obvious because uh, remember that uh, if you guys have not listened to that one, we have an episode on Broga, which is, uh, yeah. what was it, 15-minute 15 15 uh, short sci-fi film from Australia. Mm-hmm. And we talked for how long? Uh, two hours and a half, three hours. <laughs> so, yes. No, the first science fiction movie, remember? Don't go further, oh, Le, Le Voyage de la Lune. Oh, yes. 15-minute movie. Long, yeah, silent movie. movie. Yes. So. And that was two and a half, three hours. Yeah, and it was a silent movie. Yeah. <laughs> <A> silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So uh, let's go into the next segment. 
We are Science Fiction Remnant. This is the Funny Science Fiction Podcast. We are the Caribbean Science Fiction Network. We are Mono Rats. We are One Accord Level 2 Podcast. This is Jesse from Sudden But Inevitable and Open Pike Night. This is Sci-Fi. And on this segment, you know the drill. This is Sci-Fi is a hashtag we have created to unite the fandom of every sci-fi property there is. So if you like Star Wars, if you like Star Trek, if you like Galactica, if you like Barbarella, Galaxina, use the hashtag um, to get to share your love. Basically, that's that's what we we our end goal is with the hashtag. So um, and I'm really happy where it's at right now because there has been many times where I personally has have finished with something that I might be watching and I'm kind of like on a discovery mode and going through there and seeing what other people have shared has actually uh, gotten me to watch other stuff that I normally would not have watched. Um, <clears throat> also, you know, there are science articles that I post in there, something that I, you know, things that I read that it might be interesting. Um, and so the whole idea is if you are a sci-fi fan, um, you want to follow that and share your love. If you are a sci-fi creator, um, you want to follow that and share your love. And then, we, you know, we can all join together and, and, and talk about what we love the most, which is sci-fi. We're all sci-fi lovers here. And that is the best way that you can show some love to the IP that is in your heart. Mm -hmm. So, um, Gio, have you had any experience with a This Is Sci-Fi lately? Um, yeah, I mean, like, like I, I said in previous episodes, like whenever I feel like finding just a group of folks where we're going to discuss something that I enjoy in a specific uh, a, a properties, like if I'm looking sometimes, like uh, there's some certain movies that we call the Comfort TV, you know, mm -hmm. we have to go back to. And whenever I want to find something more like technical about it, I just put that hashtag plus This Is Sci-Fi. And usually I find always a good conversation going on where we start having discussions. Sometimes I get very heated. Yeah. But, I mean, I do enjoy those sometimes, too. I like to be, like, kind of an instigator on them. <laughs> uh, but, but, I mean, it's fun because you get to also see new points of view on on these certain topics. And, and I mean, I always keep myself going back to it. I think that that's a perfect gateway for you to find yourself with other folks that share the same common likes. And, and, you know, I have to admit, it's the first time that I have seen um, a very positive conversation between Star Wars and Star Trek fans. Yeah. It's what I say. The The point is not to see what, what we have in, in differences. It's to watch and look for our commonalities. Exactly. That's what's going to get us far in ahead. Um, uh, Ray, I don't know if you have... What, what have been your experience this week on the hashtag? Uh, if you can well, bring something I up. I realize it's not May, <laughs> you know, May the 4th being Star Wars season, but um, there's a lot of Star Wars kicking around at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a, it may be a troll um, poster, but it says, is Jar Jar the best character? Misa, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, uh, It's also um, lots of stuff from... Um, from Rose uh, podcast here talking about Andor. Oh yes, yes. And don't kill me. The, uh, don't kill me. I, I have not watched watch it, it yet. Me neither. But it, I am. I'm gonna watch it. It's not because mm. I don't want to watch it. It. It's. Yeah. 
All that I hear you, from it is amazing. You of all people has such a big, big ass list to watch shit that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so I would have watched, watched Andor, but I had to watch this other thing called A New Hope for about the 50th time. So. <laughs> Only 50? <laughs> Only 50. Yeah. Uh, see, man. you shouldn't have talked. I but, love you see, sound. but you see, uh, I've actually listened to it to the to the audio recording. Uh, well, it's it, it was the. It was on vinyl. This is how long ago it was. It was on vinyl. It's the um, story of Star Wars on vinyl. Um, I've listened to that about 10,000 times. That's going so, right when he's on the ground bootleg stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no it, wasn't, it was not bootleg. It was official. Uh, he's, he's, he's new blood, you know? He, he thinks that, uh, yeah, you know, he wouldn't know. vinyl he is something out of the sci-fi. Yeah, he doesn't know what vinyl is. <laughs> what is that? Before TVs were invented, I know it was a vinyl, and now it's their trending, you know? People have the vinyls, <laughs> but they don't even listen to them. You just have to flash them around in the, in the living room. <laughs> they still put the MP3 yeah. on Spotify. <laughs> awesome. So, you know, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I love to get involved with in this type of conversation. Um, and if I can get more and more, because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more people to share the love that I have for this, just like we do here mm-hmm. for sci-fi. And, and I love that engagement in the conversation that happens. And, and this is sci-fi. Um, Ray, do you have a personal, um, you know, something that comes to mind that had your experience on uh, this, is sci- uh, this is sci-fi hashtag? Um. Well, I usually just um, sort of do a quick squeeze across it um, to make sure that I'm I'm following the trend of what's happening there at the moment. But yeah, like I said, it seems like it's Star Wars season right at the moment, so we're fitting in quite nicely. <laughs> and Ro, anything you anything that comes to mind um, from the hashtag? No, you know the the uh, the use of hashtags is always great. Um, you know to engage in conversation, and I think that's one of the things that I think most of us that are content creators really um, are are doing right, uh, especially on Twitter and social media, um, because it's uh, it's really cool. Like like you were saying, you guys were saying that um, you know to be able to get other people's points of view on the stuff that we all love. Um, I mean, look at us now. We're talking about a movie that came out in 1977. Yes. And there are still ideas and still feelings about that movie that may not be, you know, what everybody feels about. Um, but, you know, we're sitting here talking about it, you know, decades later. Yes. Um, but that's, I think that's what, that's one of the biggest reasons I love being on social media, especially as a content creator, that we are able to, you know, coin a hashtag or, or tag people and, and engage them in conversation, which, uh, which is really great. And I think, um, I think we, we've demonstrated through the, this is sci-fi hashtag. You know, I, I know I've used it a couple of times, uh, to generate some conversation about some other stuff that we talk about and it's, it's been great and I love it. Uh, looking forward to this year and new conversations and new relationships. And that's, you know, one of the biggest reasons that I started, um, you know, the group that I'm involved with, with the Red 5 Network. It's it's just a bunch of, of nerds talking about all the stuff that they love. But, you know, as far as the hashtag, yeah, absolutely. I use it when I can, and um, we get some really great conversations going back and forth. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so um, 
the, the, that's actually just, a, by, by the way, if you have uh, not heard of the Red Five Network, I encourage you to go look it up. And there's a great selection of podcasts there. So I, I strongly recommend it. Um, okay, so are you ready? Yeah. Shout out. And for this segment, for starters, want to remember everybody, remind everybody that we're part of the Blind Knowledge Network. And I will suggest you right now to stop and go and check them at blind, blind network, uh, .com. Uh They have a great variety of content creators, podcasts, gaming, uh, review shows, all sorts. So go and check them. I'm sure that you're going to find something that you like in them. We're glad to be part of them. Um, the first mention that I want to do, I love these guys, is the Sci-Fi Wise Guy. I actually have my my nudge on on my Twitch can my Twitch channel for them. So every time that they yes. come up, I'm just watching them, and it, it's fun. I always like see them. They have like a love and hate relationship. So they're always like in a pool in a conversation. Oh, I love it. I, <laughs> I love that in that interaction where you know I hate it, no, I love it. And yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, next but not least, the manic pixie weirdo, one of our biggest supporters, and we always love having conversations with her. Abigail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll and I mean, go and check them out. Go and check Manic Pixie Weirdo. Yeah, you can find the notes there, handle, but it's MP Weirdo Podcast. And the Sci Fi Wise Guy, just like that, read Sci Fi Wise Guys in the Twitter handle. Um, last but not least, also Sleepy Captain Kiyoshi. Always being a supporter in, in our audience. We love always having conversations in the Discord channel with her. Yeah, if you, if you are in our Discord, she is our new moderator. So, yeah. And how are you feeling better? I know She's that you're going to give me a punch for that kiss. She'll give me a punch for that kiss, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, uh, this is a special mention. We don't have her Twitter, but Kat from Discord. <laughs> hey, hey, Gio, isn't Sleepy Captain Kiyoshi like the leader of your fan club? Uh, no, because she's anything but my fan. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, if you guys join our Discord, you can enjoy this, this back and forth uh, between Sleepy Captain Kiyoshi and Captain Chaos here. Every time uh, that I mention anything that has related to affection to show towards her, she gives me a new way that I could be heard and taken to the ER. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you guys, if you join us, you, you're going to enjoy that interaction. And I will call it that for, for this segment. Awesome. Um... So, um, the next segment is the outer rectum. And where have we been before? Well, you you were kind of briefly talking about it at the beginning of the uh, the show. Um, we we're talking about um, uh, Clone Wars. Yeah, but we're talking about Clone Wars. Uh, the across the stars the podcast. podcast. Yes, that's true. So, um, it was. You know that we recorded two episodes, um, but that uh, in both were fun. But if I had to um, choose one of the two uh, to be completely chaotic, thanks to um, you know Captain Chaos here, he brings the chaos down. Um, is that what was that episode? Is the one that we're talking about um, Jar Jar? Oh, the one that Jar Jar beings like <laughs> helped them escape. I mean, that was just too full of shit, man. So I invite everybody to go download both of the episodes and reach out to us and let us know what you think. Um, I'm sure you're going to enjoy their, their uh, content, um, if, yeah. if, you know, especially if you love uh, Star Wars like we do. Um, so go ahead and download it and let us, let us know what you think. Um, 
And Ray, I wonder, where have you been? You wonder, do you? Yeah, I, I wonder. <laughs> you know, I, I always, it's a mystery to me. I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, it's another inside joke, bro. Um, I'm actually the um, one of the two hosts of um, uh, the Alita Army Radio Chaos live stream uh, that happens every Saturday afternoon, uh, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern U.S. time. Um, so that's what he's going on about because you probably didn't realize that. But um, yeah, so this week um, uh, I, I was the host again. Uh, no big surprise there. Uh, and Angelus was on board as well, though, uh, but I was hosting. And um, it was a, an art stream, an Alita art stream. So the first one for 2023. And we actually had a new Alita artist on. Um, his tag on Twitter is Studio Fezella, F-E-Z-I-L-L-A. Uh, his real name is Luke, and he's an art uh, teacher in Melbourne, Australia. And uh, he had some pretty fantastic Alita artworks. And... He's a very big fan of the franchise and he actually sets as one of his um, accessible tasks for his students. For his birthday, they all have to draw him an Alita. So he was showing wow. us all his students' work. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it was all sorts of different styles and uh, it was fantastic. We had, a, we had a great time on that stream. So if uh, you like uh, fantastic um, fan art of uh, sci-fi properties and you happen to uh, like um, the uh, Gumu or Alita Battle Angel um, IP, then check that one out because it was really good. Awesome. And, and Ray, I don't uh, uh, Ro, I don't know if you if you want to um, plug a particular show that you have been on that is not your own. Um, um, I haven't been on. Nobody's asked me to 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 uh, to be a guest uh, in a long we time. We, we, we're gonna well, we're gonna fix that. We have a lot of Star Wars we gotta do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm your man. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Uh, okay, so I just gotta ask this question: Are we ready to speak Bachi? Are we? I think so. Are you Bachi? Yeah, Bachi. Going with the Jawas. <laughs> Wait, bachi or bitchy? Well, you know, Captain Chaos. No, yeah. no, uh, maybe uh, Ray speaks bitchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm the least bitchy person you know. Come on. <laughs> I think the audience know this by now. So. <laughs> so if you don't already know, um, because maybe you just clicked on this episode and didn't want to read the title, which it's okay. We're talking about uh, 1977 Star Wars 4, A New Hope. Certainly not a spoiler. Yes. <laughs> 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 so we can go to town with this one. Um, and actually, um, it wasn't called A New Hope in 1977. No, it was not. Yes. Oh. Just episode four. No, it's just no. the Star Wars. Star Wars. That's it. <laughs> it was the Star Wars. Yeah, original. They took the the off, and then they added four and you hope when they introduced the Empire. Star Wars. Like the Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> but different. Awesome. Um, the Giancarlo. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the Captain Geo. Chaos. The Geo. Yeah. We, we still got to do a shirt. I'm yep. telling you, you got to draw something. We got to put it on a shirt. What do you guys want me to draw? Oh, Captain Chaos. Yeah, well, Creating what, chaos. What I'm going to do, like a, a, like a little face of like a meat, a chibi version of me, like a big bob head. Uh, yeah, that would work. We could work on that. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe the audience can uh, jump in and, and reach out to us and let us know. Give me ideas, man. Ideas. I'll make it. We'll make it a shirt. <laughs> if not, it's going to be something lewd. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, um, Ray, you have the yeah. plot? Can, can we... I have the plot. Uh, <laughs> clearly, clearly, the person who wrote this on Wikipedia was a huge fan. The plot is like six paragraphs oh long. Oh, my so, God. You know, like it's, well, a, it's a pretty... Be be prepared for a long plot. Okay. Grab really? that. Grab that. Take it to the translator and translate it back and forth from English to Chinese like four times. Then read. I tried that a few times. Google isn't as bad as most. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I know I say it in every episode, but I'm really gonna make it my mission. I gotta. I gotta replicate that somehow. Yeah. Uh, Rick, I don't know how they did it. It was fantastic. Can we get a, a anyway, summary of of the plot somehow? So you're ready. You're ready for this big plot, okay? <laughs> Luke Skywalker joins forces with the Jedi Knight, a cocky pilot, a Wookiee, and two droids to save the galaxy from the Empire's world-destroying battle station while also attempting to rescue Princess Leia from the mysterious Darth Vader. That's it. There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. That I love did... the fact that you, you that was one whole sentence. <laughs> I, I it took me by surprise. Talk to me about summarizing. <laughs> it took me by surprise. <laughs> That's so summarized. If somebody will be captured by Star Wars, they will never try it <laughs> by hearing that. Oh, wow. Needs a new hook. <laughs> like a new hope, a new hook. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I do have that, but I, you, you usually uh, overuse it, so I'm trying not to. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, but I didn't. <laughs> okay, so I, I would have to start by saying... This, and you probably hear me in every episode that we talked about the story, the, the history of sci-fi. And we come to this point in history. Uh, this is the changing point in history where sci-fi changed forever. Um, I always say that I miss the, the sci-fi of old. And when I, when I say that, in order for you to grasp what I'm talking about, you have to kind of watch the movie um, Logan Strong, as an example. Yeah. Soiling Green. Um, all, all those movies of oh, Westworld. And you Space get an idea. Space Odyssey. Space Odyssey is another example. Um, that is the sci-fi that I'm talking about. Now... When I say this, you probably say, okay, you know, you, you don't like the new sci-fi. I do. I do the new sci-fi. I miss the old sci-fi. Uh, but the, and I know that some, um, there's some new sci-fi movies that are trying to recreate that. Yep. Um, you can still find them. Uh, but it, it was just kind of cool for me to, to, to experience that with all its, um, you know, without the, 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 all the CGI, the practical effects. Um, but Star Wars is the reason why we have 
new sci-fi today. And after the success of this movie, every studio wanted to cash in on the success. And then all the stories kind of changed. Um, I do want to say, and you guys, let me know what you guys think of what I'm, I'm actually saying. I'm, I'm going to stop talking so you guys can talk in just a minute. Um, <laughs> I, I love the new sci-fi. And, and, and it's just getting better with every iteration. It just gets better and better. Um, although I miss the old sci-fi, I'm not saying I hate the new sci-fi. Of course. I get that. But I just want to point out the fact that Star Wars is the reason why, in my opinion, we have new sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, who wants to go first? Uh, I can go first. I mean, okay. it's, it's obvious that that there are certain uh, properties that became uh, a milestone mm-hmm. on filmmaking and genres in general. And Star Wars is one of those for science fiction and for fantasy. And basically, it created a, a, a big following just for the property itself. Um, just like the, the few that you mentioned before, uh, science fiction known uh, uh, elements, or Space Odyssey, Logan's Run. These are things that anybody that likes something that is not just brainless action or clean, Mm-hmm. Uh, they have seen it once or twice, even if they haven't seen all of it. They have seen some of it. All. So it's something that it reaches all kind of public and it kind of unites communities, if you think of it. Yes. And redefine a whole genre on itself. And and Star Wars is one of those things, you know. Um, I think that it, it has, it's like the beauty of it is like how large and extensive is the universe and the reality they create within it that erupts your way and like, it makes you wish that it was true. Yes. You know? That's how good something can be. Uh, a- any comments you might have on, on, on what I... I had a quick question. What, um, when you say you, uh, you miss the old sci-fi, uh, you don't exactly hate the new sci-fi, but uh, I was going to ask you, what do you consider like the new sci-fi? Where's your, your line of, of you know, forward? Demarcation. Uh, For me, and I'm sure the line is going to move way up for other people that might be listening. But for me, the line is Star Wars. Star Wars marks the the age of new sci-fi. And and some of you guys, especially this one, 1977 marks the new sci-fi. Some of you, especially people that might be uh, really interested in, say, for example, Strange New Worlds, which is another milestone, in, in my opinion, would say, hold on a second, what are you talking about? You know, that's old sci-fi. Now, I have a question. Where do you leave Galactica in, in Star Trek, which it, are older That's another example. Star Wars? That, that's another example. If you look, for example, at Galactica, I love the 1978 Galactica, right? Yeah. Now, you look at when they decided to recreate Galactica, and, and who, whether, where do these people look for? They did not look at the old, True. you know, old sci-fi because everybody looked at Star Wars, 1977. Okay, we got to replicate that. So that's why the 2000s Galactica is completely different yep. and reinvented to, to the era because obviously um, 1977 is a complete different era. So mm-hmm. you still see major differences between uh, 1977 Star Wars and 2000 Galactica. But if you take that aside for a minute, and you compare the 1978 Galactica to the nine to the 2000 Galactica, you'll see what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, and I mean, uh, just to clarify to Ro what he was asking, because I think I got what you meant. 
like it's not that movies or or properties are being done poorly, no. but storytelling is not the same. You can see that storytelling has evolved and it's not like before. Uh, the campiness of a movie is not as much as it was before, neither. Yes. And all those elements that give you that home feeling, that wholesome feeling when you're watching it, are kind of like fading away with the evolution of filmmaking to what it's becoming now, probably. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, and I'm not saying, and, and don't get me wrong, you probably, you know, if you, you listeners out there hear me, I'm not knocking uh, because obviously, if I didn't love new sci fi, I would not love sci fi as much as I do now, and I wouldn't have a podcast. Um, I love new sci-fi. Don't get me wrong, it's more realistic. Uh, it, it's The storytelling has evolved. An example that I can give you is Strange New Worlds. That's an amazing TV yeah. show. Um, another one that I personally have not heard, and believe me, I will mm -hmm. rectify that. I have not watched yet. It's Andor. But I have read and listened to podcasts, and all I have heard about the show is just amazing things on how that, that story uh, it's written, how it's, it was implemented, how it was filmed. Um, so those are examples of, of new sci-fi that are amazing. And, and there's a nostalgic feeling for me when it comes to all sci-fi. I think one example of a show that has tried to keep that all sci-fi feeling yet embracing the new sci-fi would be something like Doctor Who. Yep. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, George Lucas has said in the past that a... Um movie or a sci-fi movie or, or i guess any movie with you know special effects and stuff like that um it's you know it's a sci-fi movie with without a good story and great special effects is really not that interesting and um and you gave a, a really great example i actually i prefer the old battlestar galactica um more so than the new battlestar galactica because there's a couple of reasons they changed like too much from the story, um, the the new from the old, but there's certain aspects of and you mentioned the word nostalgia um, for for sure that plays into my liking of the old Battlestar Galactica. Um, I love the practical effects that were done, um, and obviously there's a lot of Star Wars DNA in the 1978 Battlestar Galactica yes. behind the scenes. Um, you know, it's almost like, it's almost like the, um, the crew from ILM, when they were on vacation, they went to go work on Battlestar Galactica. And I, I think that's exactly one of the biggest reasons that there are a lot of similarities, even Ralph McQuarrie, the pre-visualizing, you know, the, the artist that did all the, the paintings for the promotion of, of the original Star Wars worked on Battlestar Galactica. So a lot of the stuff looks very similar. It's got that, you know, used look. Um, that Lucas is known for. Um, so it, it is interesting. Um, as far as, uh, you know, liking, you know, new sci-fi, um, you know, George Lucas really tapped into a, a, a global feeling of, of storytelling. Um, you know, the stories are not very complex. The, uh, the characters are characters that we know from, uh, from our history and our fables and, uh, you know, our, our tales of, of storytelling, you have certain archetypes that have survived, you know, from, from very early on, uh, you know, fathers and sons, uh, you know, bad guys, uh, heroes and wizards. And I think that aspect of the characters in Star Wars really, um, you know, touched a lot of people in such a way 
that it touched them, you know, deeply and it's, it's, it's familiar to them, even though, you know, Star Wars was new back in, in the seventies, but it was still familiar. And I think that's one of the reasons that, you know, that people still talk about it, you know, 40 plus years later. Yes. Um, because it, it is ingrained in our DNA, uh, the, the ability to, you know, to tell these stories in a way that, that George Lucas really, uh, you know, mastered, uh, you know, at the time. And, you know, he, he always says that he wanted to create new fables for young people. Uh, the, uh, the United States was going through some major, you know, social upheavals. We had the, the civil rights movement. We had uh, wars uh, in Southeast Asia. And, uh, you know, George wanted uh, to, or to reintroduce hope into society. And I think, um, uh, you know, a lot of people remember that. And, I, uh, and the movie is, is remembered and loved by, by a lot of people for, for many reasons, but those being, you know, one of many, I guess. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> see, see what happens? <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, I want to, I want to, I want to chime in on this one, but I was waiting for everybody else to have a go because, um, Star Wars to me is that, that sort of shining beacon of, of um, entertainment that I remember from my childhood. I, I love Battlestar Galactica, as, as you mentioned, Ro. Uh, that was one of my the original Battlestar Galactica, was one of my faves back in the day. But um, Star Wars was that thing that sort of, you, you remember something that really hit you and affected you strongly in your childhood. And it's one of those things that always stays with you. And Star Wars was, was that for me. Um, I remember in the small country town that I grew up in called Albury, New South Wales, on the border between um, uh, New South Wales and Victoria, if you ever want to go and look it up, it's only a little little spot in the highway. But um, it had it had one big cinema, and the sound system in that cinema was pretty pretty full on. You could hear um, what was happening in the if if it was a, a loud movie, you could hear what was happening outside the cinema. You could hear the the music and the sound effects and stuff because it wasn't very well insulated. But um, uh, two movies that that really stick in my mind when going past the cinema, I, I always knew they were on was Star Wars and Aliens oh. because they were both very loud movies and you could <laughs> recognize the sounds immediately. It was those sounds that just you always knew that's Star Wars. Yeah, I know exactly. And of course that of the alien you could always recognize that when you went past and you heard that it was like that's an alien yeah i know what that is uh but um oh and the sound the sound of the uh, pulse rifles was one that always stuck in my head as well but um star wars was that that movie that amazed me like I, I i remember the first time i went and saw it you know the old red velvet cinema seats yeah. And the sort of the, the big, deep, not, not, uh, it wasn't a modern cinema, it was an old cinema. Like, it used to have live shows in there as well. And um, they actually only used the top section as a cinema, and they only opened the bottom section on those live shows on. But the, the red velvet seats and the big sweep down to the, to the um, edge of the balcony, and then the, the screen down there with all the carvings and everything around it, and the, the opening, the curtains opening, and that dum 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 and the, the trumpets and everything and then and then uh the, and it just 
sends a cold shiver through my yes. spine every time I hear that that first trumpet blaring opening of Star Wars music. Thank you um, to John Williams for for so many fantastic um, uh, movie soundtracks. But Star Wars, man, you just yes. you just killed it. Yes. It was so good, and just from that very first opening and the very first bit of music and the and the text crawl. And watching the um, Tandavi 4 being chased down by um, the Star Destroyer over Tatooine, it's just, it's so iconic and it's something that sticks in my head. And uh, as I was saying to Ro before the, the podcast started, I've seen Star Wars 40, 50 times, which doesn't sound like that much, but I had an album, like actual vinyl album, of the story of Star Wars, which was an edited down version of the story with sections of audio from the um, from the movie. And I must have listened to that 10,000 times. In fact, when I was in sixth class and we had to come up with stalls for the, for the fate, I actually had a tape recording that I made from the album and I played it as a stall and kids would come in and listen to bits of it and then go out again. They pay like 10 cents or something to come in and listen to a bit of Star Wars. Uh, and and that's that's what it meant to me that you know I wanted to share it even back then yes. in, in any form that I could because once it was out of cinemas there was no even VCRs weren't a thing in in '78 and there was no way to, to do anything with it except for a, a recording yes. of the of the, the um, cut down audio but um, it, it was. Like I had books, I had technical readouts, I had figures, I had Legos, I had um, models, I had I built an X-wing, I built Darth Vader's nice. Tie Fighter. Nice. Um, I I had about forty of the little the little figures that you know that yay high, um, and um, used to used to do my own little Star Wars games with those and. I actually had a um, uh, electronic Star Wars electronic battle grid game, which was um, a white plastic thing uh, about uh, nearly a foot wide, um, a thirty centimeters odd, um, and it, it wasn't like uh, it wasn't even LCD screen. It just had little red red LED lights, and you used to press buttons on the front of it, and you used to chase ships around and try and catch them and kill them um and you know all of that stuff you know all the star wars stuff i had as much as i could get my hands on so i was like it was a turning point for me that 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 star wars pretty much made me look at um sci-fi in a very um different way and admittedly you know i was eight when when star wars came to cinemas um, so, um, you know, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate the earlier sci-fi, which was, I would say the difference between Star Wars and, and, um, early sci-fi was that early sci-fi was much more cerebral and Star Wars was kind of like taking science fiction and then smooshing, um, like a swashbuckling adventure into it yeah, and turning it into science fantasy. Which isn't to say that it was any less entertaining than than sort of the cerebral science fiction, but it was different and it was more accessible, and it brought 
science, science fiction to the masses in a form of science fantasy. And, and obviously, you know, they weren't sure it was going to work, uh, but it, it, it works so well that we're still, still getting series to this day and movies and things like that. Um, and it's a story that, that, you know, sticking with us. It's, it's, you know, been a story for generations now. So um, that's how important it's become for the people who like science fiction as, as a key concept within the science fiction milieu. I still, I still believe strongly, and that's just my perspective, and, and Ray, you probably heard me say this before. Don't know if you guys would agree with this, but I still say that Star Wars saved uh, sci-fi. Because I think Star Wars saved more than sci-fi. Star Wars saved uh, the cinema experience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you talked about uh, John Williams. I mean, Star Wars, you know, at the time was a perfect storm. And every Hollywood studio has been trying to emulate that perfect storm since 1977. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's amazing. It, it, it's, it's really, really amazing. There, if you can coin an iconic movie from every perspective um star wars 1977 would be at the top of that list um absolutely and i think you know and this we have talked about this right before the importance of um you know um sci-fi right um so it, at that point we I think we talked with Madison about this and how important it is to kind of follow sci-fi properties when they come in. You know, obviously stuff like Star Wars makes it a lot easier because it's a lot more entertaining. But prior to Star Wars, we were going into a... And there was an issue. Like we talked, if you listen to our uh, Logan's Run episode, you realize that that movie almost never got made if it wasn't for other movies. And, and obviously, you could see that was the beginning on the studios to say, okay, you know, sci-fi is not profitable for us. We should move in another direction. And, you know, where would, it been, where would we, we be without sci-fi today? And, and that's one of the points where I said, like how Star Wars save sci-fi, because after that we have um, a lot of studios say, okay, hold on a second. Sci-fi is actually profitable. And we had a, 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 a resurgence of stories. Granted, you know, sci-fi changed, but the important thing is sci-fi got saved. And we talked about this where, um, you know, there has been, um, let, let me bring one up that is kind of like a, a, a sore um, subject. Um, Cowboy Bebop, for example. We are lovers of the original content, the anime, we love the new remake, but it seems like I am in the minority when, you know, when it is to love that, that new Netflix original that came up. Um, and why am I bringing this up is there's going to be a lot of IPs that might disappear because of this. I have a comment I have a comment about that before you move on, because that's that's the fine line that directors and filmmaking uh, creators have to always look out for is when they are willing to sacrifice the 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 how do you call it uh, 
squeezing too much of a story to make it more commercial mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for for the authenticity of their story. Yes. And that's when they become sleeper movies. Yes. You know? Uh, and that's what happens also when you do way too many of parts or sequels or prequels that it becomes boring. It's like when they make a movie and then they make a TV show out of that, the movie wasn't really good enough for you to make a TV show out of that. Yes. But when it happens the other way around, like there's, there's movies that have way too many sequels that I wish they would have done actually a TV show on. Uh, so mm -hmm. that way they could have put more spread out all the details that they actually try to squeeze in into a movie or into a five or six sequel that really didn't capture it. Exactly. You know? and, 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 you know, we could see this. Uh, it, it also could happen within an IP. Mm -hmm. I'm just bringing that up as an example. But, like, how many times have I heard how people did not like uh, the Boba Fett show? Yeah. I loved it. But, you know, there's a lot of people out there. I don't know what your, what your opinion is on, on this row, but I, I, I love Boba Fett. Well, we, we did uh, live shows. We have uh, uh, our show on YouTube live on Saturdays at 7 p.m. called Scarif Live. And, and we, uh, we did a complete uh, review of every episode. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's not my favorite. I think, um, I think Andor is a top for me. Oh, yes. And then Mandalorian. And then, you know, there's, some, uh, there's a couple of empty spots and then Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, another example we have is Halo. Yeah. You see what I mean? So the fear that I have is, you, you know, if as a and I guess this is just my personal opinion, and I don't know, Ray, if you can share this. Um, I, I love all sci-fi. And for me, the multiple IPs are very important. So I would hate for an IP to become sleeper. And then people will not enjoy the joy that I feel on that story. And, and, and that's what's slightly happening when some of the IPs. Um, I, I, honestly, I don't know if you have an opinion on what happened. For example, I'm, I come back to Cabo Viva. I, I don't mean to do it on, on, honestly, uh, on purpose. I'm surprised but. that most people didn't like it. I loved it. I loved it. And I think it was a bold move, the cast mm -hmm. and the plot, because they didn't stick to exactly scene by scene what happened on the anime exactly. they try to they try to sway it away but stay in the same storyline but give you more background story of some of the characters that didn't give you that much on the on the whole show you know so the comment and, and i don't know if i'm wrong in this uh, what my perception has been is that most of the comments that i heard on that show happened prior to the show airing so what happens when people would read those reviews they're like already expecting the show is going to suck. Yeah, they're creating a prejudice, a predisposition. Exactly. So, yeah. And then we have other issues like, for example, what happened to um, uh, John Carter. Yeah. Where it wasn't really... Great idea, great resources, not such good... Uh, marketing. Market, marketing and, and honestly, like execution, like they could have even done better because they show us what they were capable of of when we saw that movie mm -hmm. it's like this could have been even better would they stick to the actual canon of the of the books instead of trying to mesh up three books into one well i did love the movie and oh, I, I loved it too i i feel still to this day that the issue was marketing because it wasn't just marketing the director was making things difficult as well but wouldn't you agree like we're swaying away from actual star wars yeah like, yeah we gotta wouldn't, come back. wouldn't you agree that that basically like <laughs> if back. they wouldn't stay 
canon to each book because what they do, they mesh up like timelines and books together into one movie. If they would have done that, maybe it would have been more successful. Maybe. And Star Wars seems to be actually, uh, coming back to it, very uh, loyal to that. They are very uh, strict and disciplined on staying truth to the story written yes. on the movies. They don't try to move away from that. Not even in the animated series, nothing. It's always like into the storyline, how it's written and how it's given on other medias. Ro, do you feel that this is true to a fault? Because, and let me explain this, and you probably might hate me for this, but I, I love off-canon stories for Star Wars. To me, and, and this is this is what uh, I have encountered, or many people that have talked to, is that um, you know most of the stories that you read that are like either books or comic books or whatever, they're not considered canon. Uh, although I love those stories, and for me, it's all um, it's all within canon in, in my personal opinion. So maybe that formula is working. Because we have so many amazing Star Wars stories being created right now. Mm -hmm. and, and they're all following that. Now, Ray, what do you think about that? I mean, how do you feel about the non-canon? I don't know if you ever read, um, you know, if you read different books on Star Wars or um, if, you, if you just kept it to the... I mean, come on. The guy just saw you that he used to listen to the vinyls. <laughs> no, but the, yeah. uh, uh, I'm talking about, I'm sorry, Ro. Ro. Yeah, um, are you talking about? Oh, are you talking about the um, the material that uh, is now called uh, Legends or Expanded Universe? Um, I can give you an material. example. One example out of many could be Marriage Aid. Right. And I love Marriage Aid. And, and you I, show me you show me sure. something like a like a bootleg uh, episode that somebody did like a fun thing. Oh yes. About her. The fans, Yeah. Yeah. You show me that. I never heard I heard of it before. Even Boba Fett. I love Marriage I never heard Mary it before. Jade. You showed it to me. I love Marriage Aid. And and it's and I was really sad because I remember when the new Star Wars coming like which many people hate. You know the one with Ray and and Kylo Ren. Yeah. I, I love it. Right. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going record and saying anything Star Wars I own and I love it. And I was so excited when those movies came out because I was hoping that maybe, oh, maybe Ray is the daughter of Mira Jade. They haven't even no, touched not. that. <laughs> You're Ray by. Huh? Oh, don't you stop. <laughs> he said that he's not because he said Ray. Man. He's not his daughter. And I said he's Ray by. But, but, but you know what, what, I'm, what I'm talking about? That, that's just one story that sure. I, to me is canon. But not to everybody else. Uh, to me, I don't think that not many people know about Mary Jane. No. Oh, yeah. Tons of... I mean, Star Wars fans know oh, about OG, Mary, OG Mary. fans, I would call it. The OG fans, the, the, the true inner circle of Star Wars, I would give it to them. But people that have sure. even, haven't even watched all of the movies, much, much to left yeah, even chronologically, not. like, I don't think that they know who Mary Jane is. You know, there's a group of fans, obviously, that um, have been upset at Disney for decanonizing the old stories. Um, obviously, there's, I think, you know, George Lucas had sanctioned the um, the creation of these stories uh, as kind of a an offshoot of, of his universe. Obviously, it was like a marketing thing. Let's make some money. Let's license these new stories, et cetera, et cetera. Always the money. But, you know, <laughs> right. But it's not, you know, they they weren't considered, you know, part of 
of the canon or part of the timeline of the Skywalker saga that he was telling. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and if you read, if you read some of the books, you know, some of the stories are like all over the place. There's, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's some stories where, you know, some of the characters die. I mean, Chewbacca dies. He gets hit by a moon and dies. Um, But it's, it's, uh, it wasn't a space station. Hey, uh, yeah, yeah, that's no moon. It could be more dramatic. You know, Indiana Jones met Han Solo in one of those. Right. It was, it was, yeah. a, right. It was the Indiana, supposedly the Indiana Jones movies are Han Solo's dreams while he was uh, frozen in carbonite. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that you bring up a very interesting question, and it's a question that I really have not thought of um and i know my my co-host brad has uh, opinions on the fact that you know you can read or experience any star wars and if it's canon to you it's canon to you it's mm-hmm. your own personal opinion yes uh you know like religion and politics just you know it, it's it's something that you know if you like it that's great you can you, you can think that it was part of the the main story and and that's fine it's not going to affect anything either way um, but it's it's always an interesting question, and I I, um, I find it interesting, and I find you know I, I love hearing other people's take on on what is canon because it's all kind of um, you know timey wimey stuff. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean, I'm 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 kind of keen for um, Thrawn to show up in the Ahsoka series. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Yes, honestly, yeah, I, Thrawn. And that's the good thing about Dave Filoni. I mean, he understands that uh, there are store, certain story elements in the past uh, from that material that he's been pulling from for the last couple of years. Uh, and, you know, Thrawn obviously is is one of them. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. I was looking in my mind for a word because there was there's a specific word for that thin line, and it's director's integrity. And basically it's where the director is not willing to sacrifice the originality of a story to this way from the from the main canon just to make it more money you know i i honestly think based on what you know to add to what you said what actually is helping star wars today is the fact that we have fans creating they're in a position of creating star wars yeah and and, and not only they're, they're they're not only fans and you got new but, fans that are being born and becoming fans as they grow old and watch this because it is slippers you know they stay they sort they're timeless movies you know they don't they don't suffer the ravage of time like it could be 50 years from now they're still good classic and great storytelling i, I still feel uh dave filoni does uh, a really good job at this oh my God. he's a fan and he listens to fans mm-hmm and that's really, really important that's a key. Um, in, in, in the IP. And, and I think strongly, and I don't know how you, what you, what you uh, take is in this, but I feel that this is the reason why uh, a Star Wars is booming the way that it is booming right now. And he's, you know, he was George Lucas's protege when they were working on Clone Wars together. George Lucas trained him, and uh, he, was, uh, he was George's Padawan. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I... I got to bring a topic that me and Gio... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you move on, because I wanted to mention this too. Okay. Uh, because you were asking Ro about the stories that go away from the canon. And I think that when they stay on the canon, the effect is people that love these stories get to see a little bit more of that universe that they stay with the hunger of, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them so successful versus something that drives away from the actual original story. 
And it's like, when you love something so much that you keep on going back to watch it, you wish there would be more of it. But you want it to be real. So since it's sci-fi or fantasy, you want it to stay on the storyline so you can connect the dots to what you have watched already. And that's the feeling that you get when stories actually stay canon. That's mm-hmm. why they are so successful versus something that it could be fan fiction or detour from canon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say on, on that point, um, what you were saying before, Gio, about um, uh, directorial... Um, Director, uh, integrity. Integrity. Yes, integrity. It's not just the directors that need to have integrity. It's the producers yes. and the studio. Yes. yes. Because True. at any level, if you get interference to the point where they're forcing you to reduce the amount of time that you need to tell the story, so you're squishing things down and, and making things run too fast or cutting out scenes mm-hmm. that make it make more sense, um, then, then I feel like it, it just destroys the narrative. Yeah. Um, and of course, you know, with the troubles that the the um, sequel trilogy had with sequel trilogy, that it had with um, uh, producer interference and you know forcing messaging into there that wasn't a focus of the story, um, basically breaking the story um, focus to focus on other things and just having it make no sense in places was just. It just destroys um, the viewer's faith in the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when, when you do that, you really lose a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the reason why a movie stays a classic is because the story, A, speaks to um, the ongoing themes of life, mm-hmm. uh, be it the hero's journey, the, Redemption. the person who fell to darkness, who who repents, you know, all of these classic story elements that everybody everybody just picks up and understands at a sub almost subconscious level as they grow up listening to stories. Mm-hmm. That if you if you use these things and you're telling a story that's timeless, even if you're telling it in a futuristic manner, it still it will still last the test of time because it is a story that that is passed on through generations and everybody will get the deeper meanings of it. Yeah. But when you're just trying to push a narrative for something that's a, that, that's a trend at the time, trends come and go. Once the trend is gone, it just loses its meaning and is, is nothing. Yeah, and absolutely. that's why those movies are forgotten. And I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned before, like, like our, our way of making concepts of reality and, and make meaning out of it is a system of comparison, a comparison, you know? And when we're watching a movie, that's what we relate to is when we see those archetypes that relate to our own experiences. And you can see throughout all the Star Wars or or any uh, movie or uh, element that you're watching, there's something that anybody can relate to at some given point. All characters are that variation, you know? And so, oh man, I went through that kind of dilemma on on my life. And like things like, little things like this that are, like you said, subconscious is what capture the audience. To make love the the elements so much, the property. Yeah. Well, the thing about Star Wars is that it was using classical story elements, but it, but presenting them in an entirely new and exciting fashion. And it, ha- it and has a lot of psychological and political the dilemmas. So many people, right? There's a lot of psychological and political like uh, dilemmas in there that are well put into. Even religious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and these are 
these are things that as kids, when we were, you know, seven, eight years old, we didn't catch them. Um, but, and as adults, we're like, Oh wow. Yeah. I didn't catch. And you know, again, that's the staying power of these classic stories. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as kids, we like the visuals, we like the lightsabers, we like the spaceships. It's, it's fun. The creatures, the Wookiees, all that stuff. It's, it's really visually cool. And that's what gets you in. And as you grow older, your your mind changes and your interpretation of these topics change as well. Um, and that's, uh, you know, that's a testament to the staying power of, you know, not only Star Wars, but just classic stories in, in general. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to bring, and this is something that I was going to bring earlier. Um, I'm going to bring a topic that I found interesting about this movie. And, and why I said about this movie is basically this is where it begins, uh, where, where this uh, particular thing begins. Me and Gio were actually briefly talking. Well, not really briefly. <laughs> like we normally pause the movie and make it longer than it should be. Uh, we were actually talking about this. And I mean, yesterday we couldn't finish the movie. <laughs> yeah. Talking so, much. <laughs> so, yeah, we should have saved it for the podcast. But <laughs> um, it's the relationship between Leia and, um, Luke Skywalker. and Luke Skywalker. Now, incest. I, I And exactly. I hear not that yet, comment. Not yet. I hear comments like that. I hear how, like, you know, uh, Luke is introducing, you know, like, how can you make this, you know, uh, he been in love with his own sister, and, and and I had a really good conversation with Gio yesterday. Hopefully, you can help me because I still find it very difficult to. Oh, I save it. To, to, my head. To to, 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 to illustrate, uh, and my point of view is something completely different to that. And I don't know if you guys would agree with, but uh, where based my 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 comment is is they had a a a, a typical brother and sister relationship but it was covered up by Luke's experiences up to that point mm -hmm. and how we had talked in the past how you today are 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 you because of the results of your surroundings and your experiences as you came through life up to this point and tomorrow you'll be you will be a different person than you are today and, and I strongly believe this. So where I'm, I'm saying this is because the experiences that Luke had had up to that point were very sheltered because of Uncle Ben. Try, you know, the fear that he had uh, to, of him becoming um, like his father. Um, he's, you know, in part, I strongly believe that's the reason why Every time he brought brought the point that he wants to go to the academy, he always finds it was a, his escapism to get out of the scene, really. Exactly, and he finds a way want to leave to keep Luke in because mm -hmm. he doesn't want you know. So you can tell when he's talking I'm, to his uncle and aunt on the, on the table, they're holding him back. Exactly, they're like no, another six months, another year. So he's like, come on, this dude is like he's too old almost to get in already. You know. <laughs> so uh, Uncle Uncle Ben held a lot of fees, including painting the ceiling in the kitchen. <laughs> no, like, I was telling Robert yesterday in the movie, like, okay, this dude is supposed to save the galaxy, and his uncle is telling him he has to worry about fixing two droids. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm saying is, it, this is not as, uh, expressed in this movie, obviously, but based on that, you could make an assumption that his social life was the same way. Yeah. So he 
he was limited to his relationships, his 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 friends, uh, possibly a very limited uh, uh, experience with the other sex. Um, so he doesn't have that experience that the average kid, say in Tatooine, would have mm -hmm. with being interacting with a lot of kids his age. And this again, this is just an assumption based on how strict um, Uncle Owen was with Luke. And because of the fear, which is understandable, right? Sure. So because of this, he doesn't have that thing that, that, that and I don't, even know, I don't even know how you call it. When you go to school and, and you can make it, uh, number one, he's, a, he's an only kid. The, so he does The sense of connection with other friends, other, other people, the sense of connection, yeah. I would say. Exactly. I mean, he had bricks, yeah. but, you know, that's... One that we can say from the movie, but you know, and, you you know, and, and there's there there was a, a deleted scene where he actually goes to Tashi Station and hangs out with his friends. There's mm -hmm. uh, there's a, there's a female character, right? Mm -hmm. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So there, you know, and Uncle Ben does, uh, um, Uncle Ben, Uncle Uncle Owen does. I'm thinking Spider Man. Well, Uncle he gets killed. Does, Uncle Ben, yeah, Uncle, Uncle gets Uncle killed too. Yeah, right. He gets killed too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, there is a reference to you know Luke Skywalker going and wasting time with his friends, et cetera, et cetera. So that we can make the assumption that although he was sheltered, you know, there is some limited connection yes. between him and and friends. Um, we don't. Uh, I don't think that we feel that he was completely sheltered because uh, you know he did have. He did have some sort of relationship with with his friends at the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, you can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where I'm going with this is, uh, there he's a Jedi. He doesn't know it yet, right? Um, and, and the reason why I say he's a Jedi, obviously, he hasn't gone through a trials. He hasn't gone through training or whatever. He's kind of a brother Jedi, really. But he's, he's, he's force sensitive. Exactly. He he has he 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 has the biggest concentration of midichlorians. Because of his father. And I think, you know, I, I like to, I tell myself this. I don't know if you guys agree with this. But however, where I'm trying to get with this is the fact that he didn't have a sibling. Now, he sees this person, typically, in my experience, and I have, I have two brothers. Uh, blood uh, calls you. So he sees this person, and, and I don't know if I'm even being exposed. Pressing it right. We had the conversation yeah. yesterday, so maybe you can help me in some of the points because I still find it hard to express. But um, he sees this person. He feels a connection because that's what we feel when we say, oh, we like this person. There's a connection there, right? So he feels a connection because they're the brother and sister. He doesn't know it, obviously. And on top of that, he's not the average person. He's force sensitive. So I strongly feel that there's a bigger connection than that when he's looking at Leia for the first time when she said oh she's beautiful and then all throughout the movie how he's jealous of, of Luke I mean of, of Han when he's mentioning you know he's like either I, I, I uh, either I hate her or I'm beginning to love her you know stuff like that so my thought is he is confused and and what do you, I don't know if you remember the conversation we have and that's what appears to the audience when you watch this. And obviously, this is obviously something that I realized after watching this 
grown, you know, older because we never caught this when we were kids mm-hmm. watching this this um, this movie. But and I guess I'll ask your opinion on that. Um, he's because it have no uh, no way of comparing this mm-hmm. because his experiences are limited. I'm not saying there's no experience. I'm saying experiences are limited. He doesn't really quite know what's going on because he feels something because of the force. But he doesn't know what he's feeling even. So he's confused that what he's feeling is not is is not the love of someone he likes, but it's the love of family. Yeah. It's the love of a sister. I think it's about ah, to tell come you. on. Luke was a raging siscon, you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think I think that uh, he, it's what I told you. He does. He didn't know what he felt. So like raging it, hormones. Yeah, <laughs> that's like the Look, difference. I'm, I'm sure he felt very comfortable around her because they they are of the same blood and they have the same sort of force sensitivity and and that sort of thing. So he felt very comfortable around Leia, and she was beautiful. So that's yes, I mean, come on. You look at her, how she was dressed. Who wouldn't feel comfortable around her? And, I will feel way too twins, comfortable. But they're non-identical twins, so there's not that looking at it, looking at yourself in the mirror thing. Yeah. So it's not a dead giveaway. And there has been but, studies yeah. where, where where twins experience some sort of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So, so I mean, sure. we have we yeah. have the normal interaction of, of brother and sister that he doesn't know about. We know the the science behind, you know, uh, twins, their connection which he doesn't know about, and the force sensitivity of both, which he doesn't know about. So mm-hmm. that that's where I'm basing my point. And I want I got an, uh, I guess I'll start with Gio and see what his thoughts is, and then we can move on to uh, you guys and see what what your thoughts and what I just said. And, and I mean, what I was mentioning yesterday in a conversation is like, uh, there's three things that could have been confused, may ha- he have known, but he doesn't. So he doesn't know if that was infatuation. He doesn't know if that was actually sexual attraction. Or if it was family love, because he hasn't experienced any of these. And I'm assuming, like, think. he hasn't, I mean, they haven't expanded on this, but I don't think mm-hmm. that in the, his past he had a girlfriend or something, much mm-hmm. less a human, because it doesn't seem that there's many humans in there, too. You know? So he's seeing somebody that is his race and the opposite success. And on top of that, I mean, he's a beautiful woman, you know? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't and really know. Princess. And, and a princess. Yeah, yes. and, and I mean, she's a dancer in distress. She's asking for help. Yes. <laughs> so basically, he cannot help but want to help, first of all, and feel like a chivalry knight, you know? And on top of that, I mean, Obi-Wan was a dirty bastard because he actually hooked him up with that, like, we, you got to go and save her now, dude. <laughs> Instead of telling her, no, that's your sister. Saying, you got to go and save her. She's your sister. No, he that. didn't say she's a sister. So, like, basically, when they get there, he's like, <laughs> why did you tell me that was my sister? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But, so, but you know, like, when and you I mean, came in here, didn't you have a plan for getting us out? He's a brain, sweetheart. <laughs> and later we know she's no dancer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. yeah. Get this walking carpet out of my way. But, but those are my thoughts on it. You know, like, I, I think that, that all of that combined with a beautiful girl, and, and, the, and, the, and to top it off, the main fantasy of many Star Wars fans. Yes. <laughs> yes. You came in that thing. You're braver than I thought. <laughs> where's so, your uh, Where's your That's what she said sticker. Yeah. What's up time, with that? <laughs> you came in hurt. We came in that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we're gonna we're gonna move on to to uh, the the guest and see what his thoughts are 
on that. And I, the reason why I wanted to bring it up is I, I hear this conversation almost every time. And, and uh, this is kind of like my first time expressing mm -hmm. um, what my thoughts are on that situation. And, and honestly, just to close it off, like people like to be morbid and judge, but they are morbid and, and judge and they are morbid on the closet. I am all, all out. And I think that <laughs> there's no shame or understanding because we're humans at the end of the day that a family member that is of the opposite sex or the same sex that you could admit he's handsome. He's a beautiful person. Mm -hmm. He looks great, you know? There's no more, more, more uh, there's no more be thought about saying that. It, it all comes out what you mean by saying it, you know? So at the end yeah. of the day, he thinking that his sister is beautiful has nothing wrong to it. But you know, she is actually beautiful. What's the problem, you know? And the kiss, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> and that wasn't in this movie, so there's no talk. <laughs> oh, spoilers. I'm sorry. That's some mamas and the papa <laughs> stuff right there. That's season three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so <laughs> go ahead, uh, Ro. Let me see. Let me hear what your well, thought season is. Season five, depending on where you decide to start. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know that's uh, that's kind of interesting. I think you know, as with any uh, muscle that is not used, you know, uh, it, you don't notice it. It it becomes obsolete. I think. Um, yes, he was uh, kind of strong in the. Yeah, there, that's what she said. Yeah. Use my muscle. Poor Darth Vader. He doesn't have three <laughs> yeah. other limbs. But you know, as far as uh, Luke Skywalker being force sensitive, and I, you know, obviously there is sort of, uh, you know, kind of a sixth sense of of uh, of feeling a certain way. Intuition. Um, That's intuition. I go. mentioned that yesterday. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, you know, I think uh, I'm not sure about. You know, he might have been feeling some sort of, uh, you know, sisterly pull to the to the force, you know, as far as the family. Um, I do feel that, you know, he just thought, you know, Leia was kind of hot. Uh, sister or no sister. I think uh, I don't think that Luke was at this point. He was really thinking about that. Obviously, there's an attraction uh, later on, you know, in the series. We learn, you know, when he finds out. Um, his demeanor obviously changes that they don't make a big deal about it, but it's, um, I don't think I might think I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think maybe we are reading too much into that, especially during this first movie. I think it's just presented as, uh, you know, he, he's attracted to her. Mm -hmm. uh, no biggie. No biggie. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, Ray, what is your thought on what I just said? And, and you know, you know me more than most. I overthink. <laughs> I overthink things. You know, that's just me. Yeah, fair, fair enough too. I mean, look, probably I'm probably not the person to ask because I've watched too much anime recently. <laughs> Every second anime has this is kind of. I, I don't know if Ro so knows about anime, but really... the, the, this is a normal thing on anime. You know, so yeah, anime is yeah, like to can... touch all taboos and just throwing all out there. Yeah, yeah, all in your face. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, there's also on YouTube, there's a lot of um, manga panels that have been um, translated and voiced. And there's a lot of this, oh, I, my, I, I, I was in love with this girl and then found out she was my sister and, rah, 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 and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, if you're attracted to somebody, but, you, you know, like, if you remember back to your teenage years, and I know for some of us it was quite a while back now, so it's kind of hard. But um, if you remember back to the start of uh, discovering and understanding feelings and how you felt about other people, uh, 
whichever sex you happen to be in whichever sex you happen to be interested in um it's confusing it's complicated you haven't always got it worked out yeah. it's going with a manual yeah there's, there's no manual i mean sure there's manuals for how to how to do the deed but there's no manuals <laughs> for is there a key there's in no the hole manuals what, for, what deed are you talking about is there a key in the hole that, that deed that's there's a generational barrier too because before it's insert key now it's just push star <laughs> oh my god i love where but these some, conversations go <laughs> feel like, feelings are complicated and they're not clear and if you had parents like mine you got told exactly nothing and had to work it all out for yourself and you got it wrong a lot of the time yeah he loves technology and, and he goes from amish <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, you you got to work all these things out, and everybody has their own feelings about about these sort of things and their own kinks and all those sorts of stuff. But as far as you know, he did not have the knowledge that she was his sister. Mm -hmm. He had no reason to think, oh, like socially that's a bad thing, or genetically that's a bad thing, because he did not know that they were related. So. Mm If you sort of see a pretty girl, why wouldn't you think, well, I wouldn't mind a bit of that? And then you go, oh, she's your sister. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just wander <laughs> off over here. I'll just play over here. Yeah. Uh, unless, uh, unless you are a brocon or a siscon, and then it's, it doesn't really make any difference. But, um, you know, we're attracted to who we're attracted to. And, and it's usually social mores that say, well, you can do that or you can't do that. And if you don't know that those social mores are in play, then you're just either attracted or you're not. So I don't feel that Luke or Leia did anything wrong. And when they found out, they went, well, that's not going to happen. And she went with Han. And, you know, um, I don't see a problem. She went with the pompous douchebag. You with, with the information bag. you have at the time. <laughs> you can't went, be expected to magically I mean, know it's not about know. It's not about her being with her brother. It's about she chose actually the pompous douchebag. <laughs> 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 we cannot deny that Pants was that he redeemed himself and proved himself to be actually a person of good morale but like he was just a douchebag at the beginning well, we, all, we all agree you and me agree on who I feel is the uh, worst person here the worst person <laughs> Lando <laughs> what you hey I'm your mind? guest what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, it's kind of like inside joke because, you know, throughout the conversation me and Gio had when we were watching this movie, I kept on referring to whiny ass bitch um, <laughs> all the time. And it's like, oh, boy, you feel uh, you have strong feelings about Vader. <laughs> oh, God. The yeah. choker. That's, he's like the kinkiest guy in the whole Star Wars saga. Just want to be choking everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, my God. And you know that's why we love Captain Chaos. Dressed <laughs> in uh, black, just like a dom, huh? I'll show you my dorms because I'm not your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I want to ask this question: Is there a particular scene or um, concept on this particular movie that you find fascinating? Um, that you always have conversations about on this, uh, on A New Hope, the movie. And and this is posted for everyone. 
You know, I think the main shot that everyone really uh, can relate to in this particular film and as a young person <laughs> really relate to the growth that you um, the growth that you are starting with in your life as a young person is the shot of Luke Skywalker somewhere in the middle of the film towards the beginning, the first half when he uh, goes out and uh, sees the twin suns on the horizon in, uh, on his planet on, of Tatooine. Um, the, uh, the music that plays the um, I guess the, the representation of him looking to the future or, or I guess the the mystery of what the future is for this particular character kind of applies to to us all, yes. uh, especially at that age. You know, we are looking to the horizon. What are we going to find inside ourselves? How will we um, grow, and how will we relate to other people and other other characters in our stories? And I think for me, that uh, that was very very well played in in that scene where Luke you know, just looks out, you know, there's a moment of, of peace that George Lucas decided, you know, consciously, I, I'm going to shoot this scene. It's going to, it's going to be a couple of seconds, but it's going to mean so much in this particular uh, section of the story uh, that we're talking about. I think it's, I think it was a brilliant move and um, I, I would pick that one. Awesome. That particular scene was a scene of longing. He's longing for something more because of all the arguments he's had with his, with his aunt and uncle and all his friends sure. going away, and he's stuck there. He's longing for something more, especially the conversations that he's had with R2-D2 and C-3PO and finding out that they were part of the rebellion. And, and he's, like, longing for something more, and it's a case of be careful what you wish for. Yeah, just in, in, inside of a day, he's lost his aunt and uncle, and he's been pursued by the Empire. It's like, yes. Oops. Yeah. That, I, I would have to agree with Ro. I uh, I really like that rep representation. The most fucked up part is he didn't know that he was being followed by the Republic until he was in the ship moving. It's <laughs> 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 what I'm telling you. Obi Wan was very very tricky to keep some information for himself until it was too late to do something about it. I and you know you bring this this point and I find that really fascinating. Uh, obviously, um, I, I you know we don't know what part of the story uh, George Lucas had at that point. Mm -hmm. Some people argue that he had all, all the six movies. Some people argue that he just had the three and he's, he's it's like a work in progress. Um, but I find really fascinating, especially the scene when he's having a conversation with Obi-Wan and he's talking about his, you know, his dad and how, you know, he's looking at him and you could see that he's hiding things mm -hmm. uh, as he telling, you know, he's telling, oh, you know, oh, I knew your father or, you know, you, I knew your, father. You, your father was with me or, uh, you know, Darth Vader killed your father. Your father was a pussy. Um, the, um, also the scene when. Also the scene when he's having the conversation earlier in the movie with um, uh um, Uncle Owen and and Baru about you know you know him trying to get out and she she you know the the way that they look at each other the way they look oh at yeah him. I love that because like in that, retrospect you in retrospect you look at that and I'm like George had to have known yes but there is there is a certain look especially at that dinner table when when uh, Baru looks up 
at at at, at Owen, they look at each other and like, yes, we, you know, we gotta we gotta we gotta interrupt this somehow. It's I don't know if it was designed specifically because you know George knew, but it's a brilliant. Um, it's a brilliant point in coincidence that that should not be, uh, you know, forgotten. It, it just worked out so well. And there's a couple of other places, like you mentioned, Obi-Wan Kenobi telling, uh, you know, Luke about uh, his father, you know, from a certain point of view, whatever. But it's um, it's it's kind of like, you know, now that we know the full story, it's kind of brilliant. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this is where I'm going with this. And, and let me pick, because I, I know I mentioned a bunch of different, which they all apply. But let's concentrate on one just so I can make a point. Uh, the conversation that he's having when he's talking about his dad and, you know, oh, yeah, uh, a young pupil of mine named Vader killed your dad. Or um, it, it, At the time, right, I might not have really overthink like I normally do this scene. But there's always that question, because why are they looking like that? But, you know, as kids, you put it behind and you move on. And then early, you know, later in life, watching it with fresh perspective, because this is one of those movies that I watch. I, I couldn't tell you how many times. Um, and then as older, you know, you, you watch this movie again and you look at that scene again and you're like, hold on a second, there's a secret here. And then kind of like the same thing that happened to me when he's talking about the Clone Wars and me wanting to see the Clone Wars. Um, so it's kind of like the same thing. I'm looking at this scene and there's a secret. It, what is it that they're not telling us, right? Fast forward to Kenobi. Mm -hmm. There's a scene and, you know, if you are in this podcast, you know it's full spoilers. So get ready. You don't say. <laughs> there's a scene where... And, and let me ask, Ro, have you seen Kenobi, the entire thing? Yeah. Okay, sorry. good. Ray, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Ray, you can start. La, 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 la. Okay. So <laughs> there's a scene where um, Kenobi uh, breaks the, uh, the helmet, you know, kind of like similar to what happened on the fight when, they had, when, when uh, Vader had with um, uh, Ahsoka. Ahsoka, right? And he's looking at Kenobi with his own eyes, not through the visor. Usually, whenever that happens, there's a small connection where Anakin is actually talking, right? Granted, it's, it's his full beta, his full hate still. But there's a slimmer. You could see there's something of Anakin. And there's a, a phrase that he said that it just... It kind of broke me, if you think about it. You, then again, for all of you who listen to my podcast, you know that I break easy. Um, where he says, you know, it, 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 and again, he, he said it in a, in a vindictive way, where he says, you know, and I'm going to paraphrase here. Um, it, it wasn't your fault. Vader killed Anakin. Yeah. Not you. And... and that was like, oh my God! It's it will come full 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 cycle. We, we can see now Closure. what was being hidden from this movie when Owen was you know was telling. I mean, not Owen when uh, Obi Wan was telling him the story about his how Vader killed his father. Because in this I was, point, I was sitting there last night watching um, the uh, A New Hope with my son, and we got up to that scene, 
And and my son's sort of going, what's he going on about? What's all this stuff with Clone Wars? And I said, it's all lies. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's the point. That's the point that I wanted to bring. It, it, it is very clever. And, and I am really glad because, you know, we could have just ended up with three movies. Yeah. We might as well. We, we could have. You know, very well, they were actually expecting it only to be one. Like Lucas wasn't sure it was going to do any good. In fact, at the end of Star Wars, where um, Darth Vader's TIE fighter spins out and, and gets away from the explosion, um, that was actually put in at the last minute by Lucas, who decided, well, maybe this will do all right, and I need some flexibility to have a, the, the sequel happen, so I won't have his TIE fighter destroyed because it was originally supposed to be destroyed. Sequel or die in the explosion. And apparently there were some people on set who were very unimpressed that uh, he survived. Now, what's the line between sequel and saga? Hmm. I think that this doesn't have multiple sequels. This is a saga already. Yeah, there's seven movies. Yeah. But you well, know, it the, is now. But back then, yeah, it, back it then it was. Yeah. yeah. So you know, that's that's the point that I was trying to make is the fact that you know it could have been, especially for me that I'm very inquisitive. It would, it would have been horrible for me to have all those unanswered questions. And, and I mean, I can even take it back all the way to when he's talking about the Clone Wars. And the first time that I went to the theaters and saw the beginning of the Clone Wars, I actually stood up on my seat and started yelling. Because I was in presence of the beginning of the Clone Wars. It's something that I have always been wanting to see since I saw this movie. Because he's talking about the Clone Wars, and we have no idea what that is. And then they search for Jabba the Hutt's child. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Stinky? Stinky. <laughs> so th yeah, this I, I, was, I always question um, uh, friends of mine, what, what would it be if, if we really only got three stories, you know, the three movies? Um, and and yeah, you're and you're right. I mean, the the first, you know, Star Wars by itself is a pretty, you know, uh, compact story. It's got a beginning, a middle, and end. And if we got no more Star Wars, that would have been that would have been fine. Um, luckily, we got more Star Wars. But you know, like uh, Ray was saying, I mean, George didn't have any idea that. I think there's an old story out there that uh, George Lucas was having lunch near the uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater and saw just a whole bunch of people just running to the theater. And he was curious and he uh, went out and asked somebody, you know, what's going on and, and why are people getting so crazy? And somebody said, oh, my God, it's this brand new movie. It's out. It's called Star Wars. And he was like, oh, interesting. I don't know if that's a true story, if that's one of those wivetail stories uh, that, uh, that the Internet uh, picks up on. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, he he uh, he planned a sequel that wasn't, uh, um, you know, that turned into one of the one of those expanded universe uh, books mm -hmm. um, that uh, that we were talking about early on, um, because he, you know, if I read did, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, yeah, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was supposed to be part two of Star Wars. Uh, he was going to make it on a cheap if uh, if it didn't make any money, if Star Wars didn't make any money. Um, so that that's another one of those right if uh, but yeah i mean you never know yeah well apparently um star wars wasn't opened in that many cinemas across the us it was it was scaled back 
because um, they were concerned it wasn't going to make any money. And it got so popular that there were lines out around the block of right. people waiting mm-hmm. to go in and see it because it was on so many, so few screens. And that, that was the, the opening weekend. And then they expanded it and they just couldn't get enough screens because uh, yeah. there wasn't as, there wasn't like megaplexes like they have these days. Um, I think so, it was only in 364 screens across the nation. Yeah, that's nothing. That's nothing. And then it and then it went up to uh, 1,100 screens, um, and still uh, people were clamming for for more. Yes. I told I told Robert um, the other week the story of my my friend whose mother worked at the local cinema. You know the one I was telling you about that. Oh yeah. The the music as you walked past. It, it was summer holidays in 77 and his mother, because he, because she worked there, she could get him in for free. And he went to it 57 times in cinema. <laughs> nice. On its original release. That's not a good no. that, that's, a, that's a really cool segue. Cause I was going to ask this. I, I almost forgot. Uh, the question is how old were you when you watched this movie for the first time? And what was your very first impression? Um, I guess I'll start with the, the young the youngling here. Young Padawan. The, the Padawan. I mean, to me, something that brought me away, uh, I was going to mention, uh, basically, I learned that in society, anything that you're making, what's going to get you to be noticed and it's going to sell is uh, authenticity. And Star Wars is a work of authenticity. It's something that nothing like that has been made before. Even when you look at sci-fi, it's not something that Big guys like H.G. Will, Asimov, uh, have made, you know, this one of a kind is its own thing. And that's one of the things that I think that sets it apart as a movie, as a set of sagas in a universe created by great writers and screen players, you know. So, and I mean, it rubbed me away for me. The first that I watched was not the favorite of everybody, but it was the one that was made to my time. I was born in 89 and I watched The Phantom of Menace. When was the first time you watched this one? Uh, this one? Uh, not too long ago, because you actually put me to watch it for scholar purposes, because I never watched the older ones. Okay. I so watched from uh, episode one up to three, and that's it. So all of you... Not um, even a year ago, you put me to watch it. So all you listeners out there, you uh, if you follow the, the show from season one, you know that um, I actually tied up Gio and forced him uh, uh, Clock Orange style to watch sci-fi, and now he likes sci-fi. Yep, he's a Star Wars enforcer, guys. He has his badge. Very um, good. Okay, so the first time that I watched, I think I did not watch. Uh, I think I watched it. It was seventy-seven. It, it's very fussy for me because I was um, I was around seven. Um, uh, all I remember. <clears throat> Daddy, I want view, 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 view. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you know I I still say pew pew pew. Um, so. It was very, especially the scene that I remember very clearly that just robbed me. And I think it was due to the fact that when I was six, I saw Logan Strong and they had a similar scene. It's all the white background in contrast with, you know, the, the soldiers walking. This is inside the, the, the ship at the beginning of the movie. Carl Sagan was booming on those times. So this is like <laughs> the, the, the stuff that happens while Carl Sagan is talking about very distant places. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that scene, uh, to me, it was engraved in my young brain. And, and I was just in awe. 
just looking at this ship that is in space and it's the contrast of the dark in space and the white corridors and then you have this soldiers in white uh, armor shooting red lasers and all those contrast and color it, i was just really quiet and just in complete awe just watching the scene um so that has been my my youngest experience obviously i enjoy the story but i couldn't remember like obviously you know seven-year-old you see a movie it's a movie so you can't really follow but the the the, the whole movie that's just a, the biggest scene that, that called my attention but throughout the entire movie it was kind of like that it was very um shocking to my to my young young eyes um i guess we can move on to you guys uh, whoever wants to go first well, um, I saw it in 1977 in a movie theater here in Chicago, and I think I, I was hooked from the first scene, um, and the rest is history. Uh, watching that Star Destroyer fly overhead and just keep going as it attacked, uh, you know, the rebel ship, Leia's ship. Um, it was a fascinating experience to me. Uh, the world stopped at that point and i wanted more i wanted to learn um everything i could um and not it's it inspired me to uh, to read as much as i could about uh industrial light magic and how the model makers made all the um all the the, the effects um, it's one of the reasons I became, uh, you know, that I, that I, what I picked as a career is one of the reasons that I did it. Um, I love, you know, editing. I love being a, a camera guy. I love, uh, you know, sound creation. I mean, all the stuff that, that I learned, uh, about these people at ILM, I, I love doing. And I think that's one of the reasons that, uh, for me, you know, besides obviously the, the, the lightsabers and the spaceships and all that stuff, I think. Uh, the ability for these people to create something out of nothing um, just really, really fascinated me. And, you know, George Lucas had that philosophy of he didn't want his spaceships to be shiny and brand new. He wanted it to look like it, it had been used, uh, you know, in a galaxy far, far away. And I think for me, that was a fascinating thing because it felt real. It felt like I can actually step through that screen and 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 touch you know an engine part or or or, or something yep. so it's it's uh it's very fascinating i just oh, love so it I, I i totally agree if you, if you watch like the high quality versions because i mean besides watching it on the big screen having seen it so many times on television you know the the, the four by three box not not yeah. tvs like we four have these days <laughs> yeah um the quality was so crap you know it was 480p um, the, the details were just lost, right? So um, having what, like watching it on a on a 65-inch 4K screen, you see so much more detail. Everything just pops out at you. And, and you, you keep how... seeing detail. You keep seeing, yeah. like for me, every time I see the movie, it's like, oh, I didn't catch that the yes. first uh, yeah. 89 times I saw yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. But the grubbiness of the uh, of the, the robots of R2-D2 and C-3PO, how grubby they are, um, especially after they drag their asses through the desert for a few days. <laughs> it's just, it's spot on. Your I mean, near-sighted just... scrub pile. 
<laughs> yeah, the believability of something to, to death in the desert. That's how he died. He died on the desert with sadness. I think it's the believability of something so unbelievable mm -hmm. that really yep. makes it grounded. And I got to say that the shitty late 90s uh, VFX that was crammed into the later versions kind of takes away from that a bit. I really feel like if they did a like a, a 60th anniversary edition or something and redid like that CGI with what Wet is making these days for movies like Alita Battle Angel and Avatar 2 and made it look seamless, yeah. then it would hold together a lot better because that shitty late 90s CGI is just terrible because you're watching all these creature effects and everything which are which are which uh, look really good. like like, And then you see the shitty CGI squeezed in there and you just go, why? George, why did you do that? <laughs> so, so it, it, throw, it throws me out of the out of the believability really quickly when I see that stuff. I just want to close my eyes until it's gone away. But um, <laughs> I feel I feel like if they redid it with with the CGI we have these days and made it seamless, then it it would just be spot on. But the the late nineties CGI is just yeah. No, yeah, that's I, that's I, a whole that's a whole nother show for sure because there there's yeah. some you know the, I think the the special editions the Empire Strikes Back was probably the one that that worked out really well I loved what they did in Cloud City they opened up the 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 scenery a lot more um, but there's certain things in in the uh, in a New Hope special edition that are like really questionable like they put a they put a rock in front of R two D two while he was hiding there's no need for that it's yeah. kind of goofy yeah <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I think we have come to the, the, the part of the podcast. Well, I, I have I have a short question that just is a yes or no for each of you. Okay. Do you think, on a segue to what Ray said, that if they would remake with new cast, Star Wars Saga, with new CGI's of this, which also that we have today, it would have been a success or would have been a total flop? Don't put that out into the universe, bro. No. No, don't do that, man. No, 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 no. no, no, no. If, so that's you, my, okay. if you guys are watching the YouTube, filter won't accept it. If you watch the YouTube and you see my face, <laughs> okay, hey, that's a no. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I a, guess that there was just only one answer. No. <laughs> that was an I, answer. I survived the remake of Battlestar Galactica because they made it different enough that it was interesting. <laughs> but just trying to remake Star Wars again, no. Look, I'd be happy for them to redo the CGI. Um, just to to make it look more seamless, but I don't want them to change the actors or or anything. So it's all about the familiar faces, not about the. Well, it, I think we talked about this in previous episodes. How you uh, there's a chemistry. Yeah. And, and and this has such a perfect chemistry all the way around Man, that it is very very difficult to replicate that. Well, yeah. that's true. Part of the chemistry, I think, is the fact that they talk over the top of each other like we do. You know, it's natural. Yes. And yes. and some of the stuff is hard to catch. Yes. And they didn't try to make it clearer. And they didn't have people waiting for other people to finish speaking before they started speaking. Which is natural. It's not natural. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was telling Robert, yeah. I was telling Robert like yesterday when we were watching like that uh, stand there for falling when you get shot that you had to go like this and then throw yourself. <laughs> like those are the little things of filmmaking that were back then the norm that had changed today to make it. They try to make it so real and believable that sometimes it goes away and it's like it's not a movie anymore. <laughs> or it's not what it used to be. The thing that what it used to be now and then too, going back to that. But now you can move on to the question. That was all my question about. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so there's a, this is a point of the podcast when I ask, um, what are, and anybody can go in any order, what is your final thought on this movie? And any, me, me, I'll go first. Okay. Because <laughs> I've been going last a little time, so I want to go first. <laughs> okay. Um, so there was some comments made about Ray Skywalker, Palpatine, whatever you want to call him. Ray Bait. Um, being the first true female um, action hero or, you know, strong female character. And I'm like, like people go, oh, what about Ripley? You, you can't forget Ripley. She was like back in the 80s. What about Barbarella? What about Princess Leia in that own freaking series? Heck yeah. Princess Leia. Heck yeah. Come on. She was so strong. She she was captured by Darth Vader. She goes up there and goes, Darth Vader, only you would be so bold. The Imperial Senate will not sit still for this. When they hear you've attacked a diplomatic mission. And she's like getting stuck into this guy who chokes out people on a whim. Yes. Sign she me doesn't up. Know he's, he doesn't know that he's she that that she's his daughter, but he's she's like full. But that on. doesn't make it any sexy when she's like, come on, daddy, choke me. <laughs> but, but she's strong all the way through. But I agree with you. Not there just for this. Yeah. Don't yeah. ruin my final comments, man. But <laughs> I, I do, I do agree with you, Ray. It, it, it's, it's amazing. And sign me up. Sign me up. I mean, you look at what she does. She like, she gets captured. She doesn't release the information. When mm -hmm. they come to rescue her, she goes, aren't you a little bit short for a stormtrooper? And she lets him blow <laughs> her planet away. Like, yeah. When you came in here, didn't you have a have an idea for getting out? It's like it blasts a hole and goes yeah. down the garbage chute. She that's is how much like she's going to call them stupid. That's how much you can trust in Brazil. Don't you dummies? That thing, you're braver than I thought. <laughs> Man, I just found she a new standard awesome. for trust. She gets she she goes in undercover in in the third movie. It gets captured by the huts and she chokes the guy to death. Yes. <laughs> Come on, yes. when she's in a bikini, she chokes him to death with the chain she's chained up with. I want a Leia show. Hello. Look, man. If somebody ever asks you, this is gonna be the new standard for trust. When somebody asks you, "Can I trust you?" You're gonna tell them, "You can trust me so much that the Death Star will take away the planet, and I will still keep their information." Yeah, that was yeah, <laughs> that was heavy. That was heavy because that was that was her home. Yeah, no, and yeah. to make it to make it more painful, they just blow it up just because. Because yes. when they, she gave some tip of the information, they said, "Okay, we're gonna do it anyways." Yeah. Okay, uh, Ro, what is your final thought in this movie? Uh, I think we can probably talk for another two hours as far <laughs> as uh, my final thoughts. But you know, um, you know, I mentioned earlier, lightning in a bottle. I think Star Wars has uh, survived the test of time for yes. many reasons. Yes. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, I, I know a lot of people won't say, uh, you know, any movie is perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but Star Wars is perfect in many ways because of many things. Um, it has inspired a generation. It is a wonderful mix of folklore and story, uh, yes. character, and you know it latches on to to uh, a, a type of storytelling that um, I think, frankly, uh, you know, ha has been lost. Um, you know, we earlier on we started talking about how you know Star Wars does kind of stick to a very rudimentary uh, storytelling uh, trope, 
that uh, that doesn't happen nowadays. Um, and, you know, storytellers nowadays seem to, you know, kind of inject certain um, elements in their storytelling that are kind of, um, you know, time sensitive within the time that we're living. I think Star Wars does does it, it does a better job of telling a story um, for all time. And mm -hmm. I think that's one of the reasons that it has survived this long. Um, there will never be another Star Wars. Uh, and um, I think we should uh, we should give props to uh, the staying power of this film. And uh, for many things, like you said, saving science fiction. Um, although I know, you know, a lot of people... Uh, kind of reclassify star wars into the science fantasy realm yes but it uh it is the gateway to science fiction and i think it's uh it should be celebrated as such yeah. agreed agreed i agree 100 even though i joke around <laughs> even though i joke around like being science fantasy to me is science fiction you know it's like all genres start out of genre and then they start dividing because they try to make a lot out of it. Sure. But yeah, yeah, still, yeah. it's like metal is metal. Doesn't matter if it's heavy metal core or progressive, it's metal. Or hip hop is hip hop. Same thing. Science fiction is science, science fiction, you know? This is not mana and magic and wizards. This is people in outer space. So, I mean, for like, we call fantasy things that we don't know, we can not really rationalize about. Mm -hmm. But God knows if all this uh, technology exists and far beyond more of that. We just don't know it. Okay. So you that's your final thought. Um, I, I was kind of curious because you're, out of all of us, you're the new, well, not to Star Wars, but to this movie. You're the newer one. No, I mean, to this movie, I think that this movie is like uh, like a monument to mm -hmm. filmmaking at all. Uh, and yeah. and basically, it brings together many generations. Because you have more than two or three generations rolling back from now, from now to Star Wars. And it just shows what I think. I mean, in our generations, the younger generation, people would divide themselves socially because of hierarchies. I'm older, so I hang out with older people, you know? But we've reached a time where we realize that's not true, you know? That just keeps us separate as society. And Star Wars and many big elements like this is what shows, like, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter if you're a guy or girl, how you see yourself. Like, it matters what we like and we have in common, and it brings us together, you know? And Star Wars is that escape, that's that that place that brings like people together, and it doesn't suffer the ravages of time. Like I say, it's, yes. it's a timeless property. You know, it will be just as great in a more fifty years. Awesome. Um, my final thoughts, uh, and I guess partly because I am last, um, I most of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about about you know the, the final thoughts about this movie were already spoken. Um, so I am just going to add. Um, that I agree with every point that has been made. Uh, this movie is such an iconic movie. And like I said before, in every sense of the way, um, and, and the reason why I feel that it could not be replicated because um, it was just a perfect, you know, like, like Ro just said, it's a perfect storm mm -hmm. of everything going right. Um, and it's impossible to replicate. Um, and I feel... Very grateful, and I, I'm not sure if many people have heard this prior to listening to this episode, but to me, Star Wars 1977 saved sci-fi, and I am very thankful for that because I could not tell you where I would be without the stories in sci-fi. 
Okay. <laughs> Thank you. There you, there you go. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. Mic drop. Yep. Okay. So, uh, are we ready for the last uh, segment? Ah, uh, we can give it a swing, I suppose. We're gonna we're gonna have to check change the segment. You you need to be in your your white robes and just put it on. Oh yes. Every time that the segment robes. comes in. Yeah. You, you gotta be. You gotta come like um. You know um. Doc from uh Back to the Future. Yeah. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. We're going to get you like a bowl, a bowl wig that has hair, like white hair just coming out the sides. And you're just going to put it and put your white robe and start talking about science. And I would say, in a word, from our mad scientist. And you're going to have like a, a white board on the bottom. So you start just. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. I'm going to sort that out for you right now. Too much, too much TV. Too much TV, I think. <laughs> here you go. So for all of you who are not listening, I'm not watching the YouTube. Turn that screen share up. You guys are there not, you go. You guys are going to miss out. You need to bring this character, man. So if you're listening to the podcast, mark your calendar a month from today. Go to YouTube and at this marker, two hours and one minute, you're going to see our resident mad scientist. <laughs> and I As love this playing his Doc, Doc Emmett Brown. Well, he has <laughs> the goggles of Vin Diesel in, in Riddick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Doc Brown had goggles. I love that. Love that photo. Point. Seen him many times and I love that photo. <laughs> Okay, so here goes our next and final segment. Star science and sci-fi. Take it away. So as as um as you might imagine, being uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, you don't quite have the links to um, sort of predictive science that you have in shows like 2001 Space Odyssey or Star Trek, which is is predicting what's what might be happening in the future of our planet this has got nothing to do with earth so none of these technologies like the, the people who designed these things for the movie weren't thinking well how would technology look in our future no this is completely out there stuff lightsabers and blasters and all this sort of thing however um brandon specter uh, on uh, may the 4th um last year it's last year now because it's 2023. Man, these things tick over quickly. Yeah. Um, he uh, produced a for LiveScience.com an article: um, Seven Wild Star Wars Technologies Science are Building Scientists Are Building Right Now. Um, do you want me to share the article, like screen share? It? Uh, we could uh, actually. Uh, I can. I can just put it on the notes if you put it on on chat, and I'll put it on well, episode I, notes. I can. I can do that. I can share the article too. So, yeah, well, share the article too, but there's a screen share of the article. So, so there it is there. Okay. Uh, so it's lifescience.com, Star Wars technology, IRL, with dashes in between. Um, so, this was Brandon Spector, as I said, on May the 4th last year. Uh, and he's talking about um, technologies that they're working on. Now, this obviously wasn't in the original Star Wars, but he's talking about battle droids and he mentions um, Atlas the agile bipedal um robot roger roger uh and um roger 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 i think it's owned by softbank right or boston dynamics boston dynamics yeah, yeah. Boston, boston it was dynamics, softbank yeah. before i follow him yeah so um he he's talking there about uh these are well spot's been um touted as an assistance 
robot for um, combat groups. But of course, anything that you can tack a gun onto and make it do the fighting for you, they will. Drones, um, <laughs> whatever you can find. You know, dinosaurs. Dolphins, dolphins, dinosaurs, dogs, um, anything, anything you can think of, you can tack a gun, a gun or an explosive onto and get it to do the work for you. They will. So uh, we can expect battle droids oh, sometime next week, I think. <laughs> So um, laser swords or lightsabers, uh, TM, uh, to, to use the correct terminology from Star Wars. Um, this one's a little bit tricky in that, um, you know, made up gems like kyber crystals aren't really a thing. But um, surely everybody who's into Star Wars has seen the Hacksmith video by now where they created um, a plasma sword, uh, which was basically, um, uh, it, it was a plasma flame. Uh, that was uh, created in a handle that you could wave around. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't sort of uh, solid light. It was. It was more uh, like um, a big ass nasty Bunsen burner, but um, <laughs> it, it could cut through solid titanium. So, I mean, yeah. yeah you put your you put your hand in front of it. It's going to have job. the same result as um, as a lightsaber. Yeah. Plasma. Yeah, you... It's got to have a tailpipe. Yes. Oh, sorry, wrong franchise. <laughs> <laughs> but but basically, you couldn't use it as a sword per se because they weren't solid enough to like hit against each other. There was no none of that sort of solid bouncing business. It's just like a, a big a big cutting flame kind of thing. Uh, and it was more like the if you've seen any of the um, uh, what's the game called um, Knights of the Old Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the it was more. It was more like that. You had to have a backpack, or to to actually use it. It yeah. wasn't self-contained within the handle. So it was sort of like an early lightsaber, if you wanted to call it something like that. But um, it's interesting that you know they're still trying to work that shit out. Um, it, it's going to be one of the more complicated things. Um, so bionic arms. I mean, it wasn't in. Well, it actually, was in this movie because Darth Vader had two bionic arms. But um, uh, yeah, they're doing a lot of work with bionic arms at the moment. Um, I know a lot about that through um, the Elite of Fandom with um, Tilly Lockie, who has two bionic arms that were gifted to her at the uh, premiere of Elite of Battle Angel. But um, they're doing a lot of work with bionic arms at the moment and, and making them more serviceable and more like the, the real thing. So um, obviously every day they are attempting to improve those and, and make them more cyberpunky. I saw the uh, ones that you're mentioning, you can actually, they, they have tact. So she can actually sense the the touch when she's making yeah, t- pressure on things, which is actually yeah, interesting. Sense. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. So um, Universal Translators, they're working on, um, have have had a few versions of that kicking around for a while. Um, obviously not a golden droid that follows you around, but um, similar sorts of things. Uh, land speeders, high-speed hovercraft. Oh, awesome. Uh, they have been... They've been working on this one for quite a while and they're getting pretty close now. But obviously um, going from attempting to create actual anti-gravity to just two big ass fans and using them for downforce to lift the thing up uh, and and travel at high speed. But um, much like uh, the drone craze that's come in in the last 10 years where you've now got drones big enough to deliver pizzas and packages from Amazon and those sorts of things, it's not too long before people are riding them around. So yeah, you can you can imagine that a that a land speed is not that far away. Right, you have those scooters all over the city already, so yeah. it's some other time. 
Yeah. Uh, commercial spaceships. He's starting to starting to stretch things a little bit here. Uh, but of course, um, talking about uh, Jeff Bezos, Blue Origin, and um, hopefully when um, things get happening with um, uh, SpaceX, uh, you'll be seeing commercial spaceships kicking around in the next decade. Uh, and then um, talking about warp drive um, and, and jumping to hyperspace, uh, talking about the recent um, work, both theoretical and um, the small parts of experimental work that in, in, in making these an actuality that they're working on at the moment. Um, I haven't looked deeply into this. He's only, he's only made one, one short paragraph about it. You were saying something about that um, in the pre-show, weren't you, Gio? Uh, about? The warp drive. Um, uh, oh, yeah. For that. Well, you told me that it's called differently on Star Wars. Uh, yeah, uh, hyperdrive. But hyperdrive. He, here's the thing. I really find that warp drive technology uh, or research really interesting because when Alcubierre came out with a theory first, um, the, and he did the calculations, the energy needed to create a warp drive or, or warp bubble, it, it was equivalent to the to the energy of the entire universe. And, and then we have, you know, other scientists looking into the formulas and, and, and redoing and rethinking. Tell me they reduce it to the size of Jupiter. Well, first it, first it was the size of the, of the entire um, solar system. And I think the last I heard, they were able to shrunk it down to the size of Jupiter. Which is the giant of our system. Exactly. Still. Now, if you compare Jupiter to the size of the universe, ah, we have made minimal. a real good advance, at least in the theoretical physics of, of the formulas and, and how to, you know, like... So if we... Co my point is, if we continue to that trend, it, it, it wouldn't there. be long before we actually get war drives. Now, here's my observation, too. I think that there's a big difference when we're doing uh, warped traveling than when we're doing a travel that requires speed instead. Because when you're doing a warp traveling, you're just warping space, mm -hmm. so bending space to get there quick. Mm -hmm. But when you're going fast, that doesn't affect the, actually the, the, the passing of reality and time all across the, the, the board. But there's a speed limit. And at that speed like, limit, we cannot travel well, to the places that we the need to limit, travel to. The limit is the known speed. It's not a limit. It's no, it's a, a limit. Speed of light. It's a limit. Nothing can travel faster than light. Well, that's until something is proven differently, right? Well, you know, we have the scientists. <laughs> I, I, had a, I had a question. So there's a, if, if, I'm on a, if I'm in a car mm -hmm. and I'm traveling at the speed of light and I turn on my headlights. Supposedly, they're not going to come up. In front of me. Supposedly not gonna come out. What I'm thinking is, since you're traveling at the speed of light, the light's gonna come out because the light's going at your speed plus the, its speed. That's what I'm thinking. Plus, there's some technologies that needs to be taken into account. Like you're gonna be smashed potatoes if you're going at that speed. So like, <laughs> uh, like some kind of like plasma or field that is gonna pr like uh, segregate you from the physics. The, the, and Ray, correct me if I'm Red, correct me if I'm wrong here. And this is the reason why I'm I'm, I'm saying the the speed limit is is final. Is because the closer you come to the speed of light, the more mass you required. So right. if you reach the speed of light, you have to have infinite mass. Yeah, you just gotta right. be keep on eating pizza, man. Don't stop. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good side to that. Hey, you I get, love the way you get pizza, man. All these problems with pizza. Yeah. <laughs> you get pizza. Awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, you were saying, uh, someone was saying something, I interrupted. <laughs> pizza, pizza, somebody said pizza. <laughs> okay, 
So moving on. <laughs> moving on. Now I want some pizza. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Me too. Hypnosis. It works. Me too. <laughs> I'm late for lunch at this point. So. Oh, awesome. Awesome. Okay, you might as well get pizza. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, at this point, I really want to thank Ro. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, I hope we that did not scare you. <laughs> with all the sidetracking and all. We are off the rails just every gets single time. Um, thank you so much for coming on our show. It, this is your first time on our show. And I hope it's just the first of many. Because um, we have to rectify the problem. Yeah. We need to do more Star Wars episodes. So thank you so much, Ray, uh, 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 Ro, for coming to our show. And That's I hope that you... Um, I got to change my name for the next one. <laughs> that would no, no, be no, no, really no. confusing. You're going to be Ro. You're going to be Ro. I need to change mine as well. <laughs> no, we're going to call you Ray Pai. Ray Pai. Oh, my Ray God. Pai. Ray, he's not going to let it go. I'm sorry. <laughs> So, again, thank you so much. And if you can tell our listeners one more time uh, where they can find you. Absolutely. Follow us on Twitter at Scarif Podcast. And, uh, again, just wherever you download your other favorite podcasts, we're there. Ask your smart speaker to play the latest Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. And uh, we hope you enjoy it. Awesome. Awesome. And, again, thank you uh, to all of you out there listening and uh, also to all of you watching us on YouTube, thank you so much. Uh, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. So I really, really appreciate not only you coming to listen to us every week, but also engaging with us in the conversations. Join us on Twitter. Let's continue talking about Star Wars. Um, follow the, the hashtag This Is Sci-Fi and join us on Discord. Let's continue this conversation. And I want to I want to hear from you. What has what was your experience the very first time that you watched this movie? Again, thank you so much for coming, and I hope to see you next week. Robert, Robert, before we go, I've got one last thing to say to Gio. <laughs> I find your lack of respect disturbing. So you're gonna you're gonna go your kinks now and choke me. <laughs> He just, Careful. he just wants a slice I might of like pizza. It. I might like it. Yeah, I mean, he just wants pizza. pizza. <laughs> so you're going to choke me and eat pizza. Okay, that's a new kink. I never heard of that. <laughs> and we leave. And this is how we leave you with Captain Chaos. Thank you again and see you next time. Don't choke nobody and eat pizza. <laughs> well, this is all for now. Reach out to us and let us know what do you think about this episode. Share your comments. And let us discuss this episode and any ideas on topics you would like us to discuss on future episodes. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sci-Fi Remnant. Would you like to join our Discord server? The link is posted in the description. Remember, if you like this show, do share, rate, and review on your favorite podcast platform of choice. Doing this will help others find and enjoy this show. Thank you. See you next time. This is Science Fiction Remnant, signing off.